Blog Talk Radio. Comments expressed on the J. King Network contain mature content and may be deemed as offensive in nature. However, they may not reflect the same views held by the network itself. So please, use discretion when tuning in. Good morning, everybody. My name is J. King. Welcome to Kings in the Morning. With me are my co-hosts. There ain't a problem he can't fix. He can fix it in the mix. Six in the mix. Every breath you take is a blessing. Don't believe me? Hold your breath for about six minutes. All right, let's breathe on this Friday. Kings in the Good morning. morning, Adrian. It's Good morning, cold. Gary. It's cold. It's cold. Good morning, America. Good morning, Christy Graham. Um, Fred, if, if Fred's dumbass don't learn how to press the one, I'm not going to. Dr. Dre has a high time phase. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. <laughs> about that time, y'all. Let's make you do what it do. Good morning, Christy Graham. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the J. King Network. You know how it rolls around here. The shit's going to hit the fan. The day is Friday. Have a blessed weekend. Let's get to business, Good Jack morning, King. KJG. Um, first of uh, good morning, Veronica Burks. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, Brother Money Banks. Money Banks, just say good morning. You find this nigga. He know how to do radio? Good morning, brother. <laughs> brother Reverend, Brother Reverend Ali. I'm on mute again. No, Jay can't wait to put me on mute again. He doesn't want me being happy, my friends. No, Jay can't wait to put me on mute again. I'm on mute again. I'm being muted places I've never been. I thought Jay was my great NOG friend, but he can't wait to put me on mute again. Good morning, um, Pamela. Good morning, Al. Good morning to everybody. Good morning, Veronica Burke. So let me just say this. I didn't want to, I don't want to put anybody on mute. Good morning, Lee Fletcher. Uh, but, um, but you guys, first of all, Fred, Fred, what's the problem today? What's the problem with the one? With your, your Twinkie thing? I don't have big? no friggin' problem. I, you say this phone don't work, that phone don't work. <laughs> and I was deciding on which phone I was going to use today. And it's Friday. Well, you, well, Take well, a break on me. Well, obviously, Take you were using this phone because it was the phone that you called. You know, good morning, well, Danielle. Good morning, Dave Smith. Didn't you pay $1,700 for that phone? 
Yeah, but I broke that one, and then I had to go get another motherfucker that charged me another seventeen hundred dollars. What's up? Well, you need to get the you need to get the okay. double double. I got a house phone. I got a house no, phone. No, I got a house phone. I got I a house phone. I know what's going on right now. Good morning, Hannah. They know tardation when they see it, <laughs> and I'm mad at them for taking advantage of you for it. I'm not even gonna hold that against you. Yeah, that's right. Maybe you that phone should be on a Schwarzenegger proof. Uh, uh, Money Bank, can you hear me? No, that's Money another Bank. dumb another dumb motherfucker you invited to the show, nigga. Shit, you gotta buy phones. <laughs> be nice, Damn. Fred. Be Hello? nice. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it today. Yeah. Um, am I on the air? Yeah, on the on the on the the four one five two four zero number. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I, I, I'm, nobody's talking. We are talking. You can't hear us. No, wow. I'm Okay, I'm gonna call you right back again. Hang on, hang on. Stay right here. Okay. So that's there's a money banks, y'all. Money banks is calling from his other phone. Fred, unlike you, money banks phone actually works. Another phone. Now you hear that phone ring, Money Bank? Oh, I got it now. We on, buddy. My friend, we on, my friend. <laughs> Money Bank, how you doing this morning? Oh, my friend, I'm having so much fun, my friend. I tell you, my country is very good here. I love it very much. Are you in South Africa right now? No, I'm not. I'm here in the States. Oh, okay. I was supposed to leave yesterday. I was supposed to leave yesterday. But uh, I got to I got to go with Lenny somewhere, and uh, then we got a thing on the on the 16th on his birthday down in San Diego with the OJ's. Good morning, Leonard. Leonard, how much did I owe you a call, man? If, Leonard, if you don't, have, if I have, I think you have my number. If I don't call you, you call me today. If I don't call you, it's only because I I, I forget because I be getting too many calls during the day. Um, so so uh, so um. Six eyes wanted to know why you like South Africa so much. I told him because you get your little six eyes. He wanted to know why you like it so much. I told him because you be getting your tip wet. That's right. Oh my God! Oh, it's better. You see, my friend, I must tell the truth to you because when I go to Africa, uh-huh. I married here. In, I am I am married in the United States of America, so I'm not getting along too much with my wife here. So I go to Africa to see my beautiful girl. So you see, uh, is, mm-hmm. that's why I like about South Africa. But my friend, I think everyone in America should go see that at least one time, and I guarantee you, they never come back. Mm. Good morning, man. Well, why you? Why, so you, why you sound? Why, why you sound Mexican? But talking about you in yeah, South really? Africa. So oh no, no, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I kid, my friend. My friend said that to me. I called my friend over there too. He's he's mad at me because I let him use my tools and he don't return it. I don't. I tell him mm. no good. Can't use them no more. But Are Africa is only, beautiful. I love hey, Africa. Um, Ali, that's this nigga's disguise voice. You know so much. Oh, that's a disguise, disguise voice. voice. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, my friend. Good morning, Shirley Brown. I don't want money banks. Yeah, but you know, but you know, niggas always got this. Left the shit up, and they want to make up another base, but you don't get caught. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, my friend. Let me ask you, Money Banks, are, are, are you the only 
Are you, you the only Mexican in South Africa? Man, I tell you, man, I am the best. I, I, I go to Africa, really? You want to know really the truth? It's the only country that I feel free that my wife can't find me. I don't know nothing about what I do. I feel free over there. Because I got a new girlfriend you right now. She told me, is. you mean to tell me? I beg your pardon? She going ca- yeah. to catch your ass, nigga, because your Mexican voice <laughs> is, is, is not too good. <laughs> it's like my pimping. Everything I do is nasty, but I must approve of it, my friend. I will. But you know what, my friend? Eat a couple of that tacos. is the only country, only country that I feel free in. So I met a new girl the other day. She texted me, you mean to tell me that you got to fly all the way to Africa just to feel free? I said, yes, senorita. Yes. He said, oh, my God. So you're going to get caught. Why do you feel so free in South Africa? What is it about South Africa? that you feel so free because South Africa is just 30 years removed from slavery, so to speak. Exactly. But, you know, here's the deal here. Here's the deal here. Because I'm getting a divorce and everything, nobody knows right now, but I got my papers right here. You guys think I'm playing? Look at this shit. You want to hear something? Look. Hear this? These are my divorce papers. I signed them already, and I've got to go to a couple of people. And my wife says she'd agree with us. She's no problem. And then I get to get extra money back on my Social Security. So, you know, you know, change and whatever I have to do to survive in America, I do it. But over there, my friend, I'm free. Now, 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 so you see, you see why I like it? There, money Bank, you've been there a, a, a number of times. Tell people, good morning, Tim City. Tell people the cost of living in South Africa versus the cost of living in the United States. Seriously. Oh, man. If you, uh, it depends on what place you want. Like, I like to stay, like, downtown in the, uh, uh, um, not the Gundy area. Uh, 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 fuck, I can't name the goddamn area I like to stay in. Downtown? I like to stay downtown. You know, like, it was city center. No, Gundy, Gundy Square. Gundy Square is like, it's like I can walk to everything downtown and all through downtown. Then I'll go back up to Rosebank, and then I'll stay up there. Then they got this Holiday Inn. They got the Sheridan. They got the uh, the Marriott. They got all these in the mall. You know, Jay, that what the mall is. Yeah. So right. I like to stay I, around because it's so cheap. You can go to hotel, 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 hotel every day because it's cheap. So their their hotels over there is from like 70, 55, 70, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120, 130. I think the highest one I seen was one sixty eight. But then if you go outskirts where they have the mansion hotels, those are two hundred, three hundred, and four hundred. But those are like off a Rimpy style. If you over Rimpy, that's where you wanna go. Secluded, don't wanna be around nobody, uh, you would go there. But otherwise like you in Hollywood so, so, but, monkey I mean um, uh, money, don't you have an apartment there? Well I got two of them. I got two girls stay there. I I give them hundred and fifty dollars each. Cause it's only it's only it's only like it's five thousand rand and it's forty five thousand rand. I mean four four thousand five hundred rand and there's one five thousand rand. My other girl I say will say the one it's five thousand rand, which, which means it's no more than two hundred fifty bucks. So you spend two hundred fifty bucks and if you split it with the girl, 
You're not you're not spending that much money. So you so you pretty much free. So it's nothing because they have all the food. You don't have to do nothing. You just spend one hundred and fifty dollars a month, and you you famous. Now who can't spend one hundred fifty dollars a month? There's people there's people getting this bums on the street in San Francisco is getting one thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars a month doing nothing. You take that same eight hundred dollars there, and you famous, and you famous. You guys understand what I'm saying? Uh huh. So money, so money. If you lived in, if you lived in South Africa, four times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to live comfortably. How much money do yeah. you think you'd have to ha- have every month to live comfortably, four times in South Africa? Four times, if I comfortably, maybe six hundred dollars. Six hundred. Money, I'm gonna put your ass on mute. You need more than six hundred dollars. <laughs> no, you said. Oh, you said to live comfortably. I, 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 like I yeah. said, I have a park over there, yeah. nice, so I can go nice every. Place. I can go. Go ahead. In a nice area, having somebody, um, having a nice place, um, ha- having somebody to cook, um, maybe somebody to drive. You're gonna need. You're gonna need more money than that. You're gonna need. It's gonna cost you to have a nice place. A nice place is gonna cost you six hundred dollars a month. A nice place is well, exactly. That means you you on top of the line. Six and seven is the it's it's like I I would say exotic. If you two hundred fifty, you regular. You just like got a regular apartment. That's all that is. It's a regular apartment. It's not still got a doorman and all that Question. shit too. But what you go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, Social Security. You say you get the Social Security here in uh, states. How would you transfer your money? I mean, do you uh, do you let you, Social you, you, Security yeah, know yeah, that you're going to be living there, or do you keep yeah, an yeah, address yeah. in the state? Yeah. No, you have to do that. You have to let them know that, to be able to use that card. Now, here's the deal. You can go over there. They allow you 30 days if you go over there just on a visit. And you get three years if you get your visa. So every three years you got to return back here and then go back. So you still had to have a base station here to be able to get your little extra cash you want to do to spend over there. You understand right. what I'm and saying? You so you can buy your scholarship. I would still have to keep my medical, my medical, my my doctors and shit. It's a way that I could keep my you doctors can, and have a residence here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, but you still, you know, they got, they got, they got. Uh, what's that? Uh, 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 that. Auto care. I mean, I, I mean, you know, medical care and all that shit over there too. They got all that. They got everything we got. They got. And if I, if, if I'm mistaken, this shit is really better because all the high tech doctors they fly in from Stanford, right. African guys. Does, does, do does, all- does, does your social, does your blue and white red card work over there? You know, uh, that that red, white, and blue. Oh, no, uh, no huh? I haven't tried. I know I haven't tried that yet. I haven't been over there long enough to keep. To, to go to a hospital or anything. No, I haven't did that. But I will check. Right. For, I'll check the next time I go. I go next month on the 17th. Yeah, I, I have cancer, so I have to stay really up on my on, on my shit. I don't want to get sick somewhere, and, you know. Uh, you know, it's a lot. Of okay, but you know you can. Okay, you know you can Google that. They'll show you. They'll show you right on your screen on your phone all the stuff. Okay. There. A lot of people. Won't you Google Rosebank? Won't you Google okay. the bank and all he that can't, stuff? Rosebank and money banks. Money banks, he can't uh-huh. Google shit. This motherfucker's crazy, man. Racist. Got some racist bullshit. <laughs> you over there saying, Jeff. 
This motherfucker's crazy than the motherfucker, uh, Money Banks. He always trying to take over a conversation asking you. Don't be doing that. Don't do that. Now, Money Banks, you sound very, you sound very, you sound like a confused nigga, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. We we can't talk because Jay is always talking about what somebody then wrote. Jay, you be fucking the show up, Jay. Let me tell you what I just did. I just unfucked the show up. I put your dumb ass on mute. Now I'm the show ain't fucked up. Everybody gets it, money bank. Money bank. Hey, have he he been Africa yet? Hey, Jay, has he been to Africa yet? He ain't never going so to Africa. So how can he talk about Africa? So how come he can't? How, how is he talking about it? He never been there. Tim City? Um, he don't. He can't. Good morning, Ramon. Is that uh, is that Tim City, the producer? Uh, if Tim City, uh, I know Tim, Tim City, the producer. Is that oh, my I'm God. Jay, Jay, you always good morning and, and reading comments, oh. fucking the show up when we trying to talk. Good morning, little Papa. Because let me explain to you how the show works, Ali. We know how it works. You fuck it up. No, you don't. You don't know how the show works. Because if you do how the motherfucking show works, I'd rather put your dumb ass on mute and tell you how it works. Now, the way it works is people make comments. And the comments move fast. So I got to read their comments before they start moving. Bernard says, if it was not for my wife, I'll be, the, I'll be on the first thing smoking. Take your wife with you. Bernard, I'm going to tell you right now, if you haven't been to South Africa, there's some place you want to go. Now, uh, they took his they there. That's and right. Once he got there, he just filthified the place because, monk, because the money yep. is filthy like that. That's right. So, you get your whole great, I bet you can't get you a great, a, a, a great, what's that, great goose? Bottle on your table or whatever, twenty eight dollars. I mean, you can't do that here. Tell me, um, can you do that here? So that's it's four hundred and fifty rands to get you a bottle. Huh? Good morning, brother Yusuf. You see, fucking up the show bottle. with that good morning shit, money banks. Huh? You over there talking and this nigga good morning and shit. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys got to go to South Africa, man. I'm telling you, you're missing out for real. If you go, now, if you go over now, there for just two days, money. How did you get there the first time? I, I got, I caught, I caught it up. Everybody, kept, I come up to everybody. Let's go to Africa. These motherfuckers came up here. Oh man, you can ain't go. Them niggas go steal you with spears and and, and fuck you up and steal you with a dart in your neck. They were saying all that shit to me, right? I said these motherfuckers are crazy. I said why nobody want. Are you scared to get on the flight? I said, so I caught a flight for 500 No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was $595. Where the hell you going to get a ticket? Round trip to South Watch Africa. Hold on. $595. Hold on. Money, you flew to South Africa for $595? $95 special. You must have flew on Georgia's yep. Chicken. No, I'm t- no. Wow. <laughs> I, I flew, I flew on Turkish. Turkish chicken. It flew, me into, it flew me right into Turkey, and it flew me straight all the way down to all over all the African countries. I went straight okay, down to the fuck. 
You must have flew with the baggage. It ain't no way. It's no. 595 no. trip. Everybody tells me that. I and my flight was $856 the next time I went. Round trip. My uh, hotel, you I stayed at. Uh, me and, um, good morning, Dustin Lloyd. Me and me and uh, Money Banks, we fry differently. Yes. It ain't no way. Say, your ass fly they, first class shit. Uh, it ain't no way. I'm going to fly at least, at, at least comfort. I'm going to fly business, but at least, at the least comfort. So, so yeah, I, be, I, I know what. I'll How be in regular coach. How long did it take you to get there, monkey? Who you talking to me? Uh huh. It well, it takes me ten hours from 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 San Francisco. No, twelve hours from San Francisco to get to Turkey, and from Turkey it takes me nine and a half hours to get to South Africa. That's 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 my time. So, so that's but a don't we get? With all the layovers and stuff, that's a 24-plus-hour flight. Your ass is nasty, stinking, because you haven't taken a no. in 24 hours. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, no, I'm going to tell you what it's like. It's like you're flying in New York and back on a round-trip flight. I that's know, what it's like. Monkey, I, flown. I know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be so many beautiful girls on there. It'd be some fun. No, I have my tracksuit on. But you can't tell me no. that you're not stinking. After that second flight, hey, wait a minute! I got money. Money. I got to take wipes with him, Jay. You didn't have no wipes with you. That's why you was thinking. And you got. And then I did. I put. And then I put children uh, on my booty, and I put it on my balls, and I be clean. That's why, Jay. You don't do that type of shit. You be over there fucking up, stinking up the joint, Jay. <laughs> and I be talking to beautiful girls. Four. It ain't no way you could tr- you could take that flight yeah. and not be stinking. I just want y'all to know. Happy the birthday. difference between me and money is I recognize yeah. that there's something on me. Stinking. Yeah. Money thinks yeah. that all that, all, all that cologne and shit on his balls don't stink after it's been sweating for damn near 24 hours on a flight. Now, I don't be like that. The, you got to rub the, the best way on to your fly. Nuts. The best way to fly to South Africa is yeah. to fly from California to Atlanta yeah. and from Atlanta yeah, that, to Joburg. That's what my, that's that's what my son did. My son did that. My son did that, but he flew into uh, Cape Town, and I met him over in Cape Town. Yeah, he, he right, though, about you flying to Atlanta, but then you can fly straight, too. But he got to have more money. See, I don't have money like that. So I, I go for, when I get there. That is my reward, is getting there. That's how I know about, if I get on a boat, I'm going to tell you something, Ali. I could be on a path. Are the only two motherfuckers making this flight whose ass is thinking but don't know it. Y'all think your ass is no good. Y'all's ass is Nigga, you, you, you the one be stinking. Nigga, you ain't got no wipes. You don't know nothing about wipes, Jay. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite food you like to eat over there? Oh, oh, over there, they got steak, they have shrimp, they have they have pasta, they have everything we have, like 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 what's that, like uh, bistros, you know bistros in Vegas, 
I think the food is better over there. I think the meat is better because of less steroids. Okay. They shit is off the shit. Everything over there tastes good. Yeah, Don't go to Proud Mary for you. Good morning, Del Bar. You go to Proud Leonard Hamilton said we all need to go somewhere on the continent to see for themselves that bullshit about Africa's real. We get plenty of love over they, there. Now, they get plenty it. of love, but let me tell you something right now. There's some slicksters over there, and they'll kill you with yeah. that, my brother. Yeah. My brother. Yeah. And, and they, they know that they can drag you in with that, my brother. Bruda. They have your ass it's in brutal. trouble. Bruda. Mm. Yeah. It's brutal. But you, but Jay, why are they scared to go over there, Jay? Can you answer that question? Why are they scared to go? Well, I mean, I think, you know, um, when you've been, first of all, certain parts of Africa, I, I don't want to go back to Nigeria. Well, Buffalo Bill wasn't over there. I don't want to go back to they Nigeria. They don't split motherfuckers up there. Um, but I think because people, it, it's very unknown. We don't, uh, we don't have a lot of information. Um, it, it's, they're third world countries. And if you get around the wrong person doing the wrong thing, you can be upside down before you right side up. You know, so I think. Yeah, but the place. Hey, hey, so did you ever go to Tang? In Tang. Remember I said Tang in 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 Mandela Square. That's a nice ass place. They got good food in there. The restaurant. The restaurant. Yeah, I went there. That's a nice-ass place. That's a nice-ass fucking place. That's elegant. Now, I tell you, at nighttime, the nice scenery on the weekend, remind me of Vegas, when the, the, but all the hoes down there be black. They be some real hoes up in there. I don't know because I wasn't, I wasn't there like that. I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not there late night. I'm not, your nasty ass is just out being nasty. First name, nasty ass, nasty ass. Good morning, Greg. Wait a minute, hold up, Buddy, buddy. I don't have to have my whole girls. No, no, all my girls work. They got jobs. I work to you, man, right now. They got jobs, dude, real jobs. But I'm just saying, there's all hoes in there. I, dude, they got so many fine motherfuckers over there. You, you don't need to get a hoe. Cause you, the girls that's working in the club and working at the bars and shit, them the real girls right there. I got one that work in a bank. I believe that. Works in a bank. Come on, man. I, I got some fine motherfuckers. I stayed at the Santon Hotel. So I stayed at the yeah. Santon Hotel. It's I know you know was hotel. Yeah. Yeah, I was up at the, hey, I was up there at the hotel where Steve Harvey stayed for that motherfucker. With electric drapes and shit. That motherfucker's bad. They got all kind of hotels up there, man. I've been through all those hotels. I tried these two, uh, uh, two days on the weekend. I, this is what I do, Jay. I do two two good ass hotels on the weekend where everybody gonna be. That's why I'm gonna be. And then on the weekend, I go out back downtown to my regular hotel that cost me fifty five dollars a night. Uh, actually, let me tell you guys, uh, this actually, is, this is Money Bank's theme music when he goes when he goes to South Africa and he start walking into places. This is what plays. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 
his nasty ass. That's a great pick. He did. That's that's a good one. I like I want that. You to be honest with me, money. Have you um? Yes, sir. Have you gotten any um? Have you gotten any uh? You know, diseases while you've been over there. You, you kept anything once or twice? Crabs? No. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! no. My girls are clean. No, they beautiful and clean. Yeah, I don't. No, see, that's the street girl. Before you got to the clean girls, I know how nasty your ass is. No, no, I, man, I got, man, hey, man, hey, buddy, I'm telling you, I got the best of the best over there. And they be suited and booted. They got executive jobs. Only two of them, my guys, worked in a, at a club that, that, uh, that's like in management over there. So they get in hotels. I got a couple of girls that in hotels that work management. And, you know, just like that. But there's, there's girls, oh, there's so many girls that you don't know what to do because everybody black. You, you, if, if so many people black, you say, well, what? So I'm in the wrong goddamn country. That's what you keep saying. Well, you know you say, what the fuck I'm doing in the state? Do you know what percentage of the people are black over there? What's that? 80.5% are black. 8. I, that's what I 8%, thought. 8.8% are colored. And color is people who are black mixed with another race. So really, you're looking at almost 90% yeah. black people. So, right. Uh, That's and, a, then you yeah. have, and then you have 8% white, and then you have 2.5% Indian and Asian. Exactly. You're exactly right. Because uh, because I be in the restaurants over there, and I see a few white people, maybe maybe about three or four, sometimes five. That might see a couple mm-hmm. couples, different spots, just like we over here, and we in these restaurants over here, and we black or everybody white. It's the same shit over there, but versus same shit. A uh, vertical, vertical said it sound like you you be over there tricking. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I don't have to do that because all the girls, they want American men. As soon as you start talking, you got one just like that. Start talking at the bar. Start, you know, dance in the club and just be shopping them up. They know you already. And and, hmm. and, and I'm spending money. I'm, I ain't spending no more than $50. It's like I spent uh, like three or 400 down there. Mm-hmm. Hey, Money Bank. You feel me? Money Bank. Let me ask yes, you a sir. question, Money Bank. Do they got any bowling yes, alleys down there? They got any bowling alleys yeah. down there? They got the same badass. They got the same badass bowling alley we got with the fucking movies and shit on it. They fucking oh, yeah. up. They got the balls. Badass bowling. You got your lane. They got buffing cocoa and shit in it. Are you good at bowling? Uh, are you good at bowling? Just want to be the actual day I'm coming in. All right. Are you good at bowling? Me? Yeah. No, I don't bowl at all. I'm a big guy as a bowler. Boo. Now, the reason why is you because uh, first of all, six eyes is blind. So. And he and if he can beat you in bowling, 
Basically, what he's saying is you ain't shit. That's what he's <laughs> saying <you>. to <laughs> you. So um, he tried to challenge you to bowl it. Good morning, Mr. Elias. Right. Um, is this called bucket macking on the budget? Um, <laughs> so Snitchy Smurf said, is what you're doing called bucket macking on the budget? <laughs> Money, Good morning, buckets. Money, are you buckets? Turn your man? voice are up. You Turn your voice up. It's right. Money banks. Bucket macking. Explain that shit, snitching. He two steps off a pack of coupons. That's what I'm saying right now. I heard fifty dollars <laughs> looks like two hundred, three hundred dollars at the club, and and the women is falling out. I'm just, you know, hey, I'm I'm asking for troubles because you know. He tried to build an empire. Why are you in trouble? Don't worry about his mackin'. Why are you worried about his, his mackin'? It ain't got nothing to do with you. You ain't part of his mackin' no more. You out of the game. Right. Exactly. You thank, out of the mackin' game. Leave his mackin' Thank you, Jay. Leave his mackin' abilities alone. <laughs> Kings in the morning. That's right, King Jefferoni. Coupon mackin'. That's what I heard. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I'm gonna tell you what I heard. Let me tell you what I heard. Well, what you here? I heard a lot of jealousy. I heard a lot of jealousy coming from them lips over there. You mad? Cause I, I, six eyes. I'm glad you got your mac hand down. Thank you. You gotta straighten. You, you gotta put that. You gotta put that comb on them. Don't be afraid right, to put that goddamn today. comb on them. Put the comb especially on them today. Goddamn right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uh, today is um today today is my um Tuesday Wednesday. This is my fourth day of COVID, and it seems like I'm over it. Like it's it's subsiding. So hopefully Yay. I'll be by Monday. I'll be up and at them again. You um, had COVID. As you guys know, yeah, I got COVID. You had a head cold. Oh, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Let me t- okay. I'm gonna play like I said. I got COVID. I got COVID, and I, that, that's why I put our dumb ass on mute. Um, but, um, I got on the plane on Sunday with a guy who was a seat. It was my seat, the middle seat, and then he was on the window and he, um, he was coughing. You know, I didn't think nothing of it. I fell asleep. I woke up, got off the plane, went to my dad's house, hung out with my dad, kissed him on the top of his head. Uh, next day, went to my office, um, me and Angie, and uh, some of the folks from um, from um, the SBDC, we worked on some business there. Went to my sister's house, hung out with my sister and her and, and uh, my niece, her daughter, and nobody got sick. But I got COVID. So how do you do that? I don't know. So it it's had to be the dude that was coughing. Yeah. <clears throat> But today is Friday, January 19th, 2024. I'm going to do, good morning, Larry Brooks. I'm going to do the daily word. Um, Brother Reverend Ali is going to do the word of the day. And uh, we're going to get this show started. The daily word is receive. R-E-C-E-I-V-E. I welcome every gift and I appreciate every giver. 
knowing that a kindness I've offered or a gift I've given has blessed the receiver brings me joy. Likewise, my happiness in receiving allows others to know that same joy. Giving is easy, but receiving can be a bit of a challenge. I've been taught since childhood that giving is better than receiving, but I understand it differently now. If I ever feel as though I'm not deserving of what is being given or offered, I remember I am God's beloved child, fully deserving of every good thing on earth. The goodness of God flows through many channels. Some expect it, others not. When a blessing comes my way, I receive it graciously, gratefully, that I am in the flow of God of God's abundance. Today's Bible verse is Mark 4:24, And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given to you. And that's Mark 4:24. Brother Reverend Ali, Amen. what is Amen. the word of the day? OG, the word of the, the word of the day. Who's talking? God damn. The word of the day is tits, plural tits, T I T S, and the definition for tits is a woman's breast or nipple. So let me see if I can use that in a sentence. Snitchy Pooh is jealous because Six Eyes is going to South Africa with money banks to suck on some tits. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. You say you wow. <laughs> and he gets wow. a super clap? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it straight up, Snitchy Smurf. Yo, um, you know, you got the old one-two buckle my shoe, and it, <laughs> you seem to be upset about it. You know? Yep. I, he, I, I told I told Six Eyes to keep that mag hand down. What he did was he let you up a little bit. You started smelling yourself too much. Now he put the smackaroni on you. It don't feel good. Good morning, Aunt CPT. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad you put the smackaroni on him. Make, hey, Thank you, Jay. If when she come back, when she come back, make her sing. Do what Daddy say. Do what Daddy says. Okay, then 818. Do what Daddy says. Remember when Reese tried to try to enact the do what Daddy say on Mary? We got to in trouble. Do what Father says. Do, 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 do. D O D O. Good morning, Rocky Hill. Oh man. Do what father says. The Perry Mary version Mary needs that do what daddy say on her. She needs that do what daddy say. Do 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 do. Do what daddy says. That, that's so, um, make her sing it. Make her sing it. <laughs> you can't bring that. Do what father says. Do, 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 do what father says. <laughs> they don't have the same effect. <laughs> 
<laughs> that dude with daddy say got an effect on this boy. Um, so it's some nasty. It, let me tell you, Instigator. Guys, it's some nasty motherfuckers in, in the world everywhere. A now former American Airlines flight attendant was arrested Thursday for attempting to record a minor female passenger using the bathroom aboard an aircraft he was working in September. What the fuck? Wow. The defendant, Estes Carter Thompson III, 37 years old, of Charlotte, North Carolina, is alleged to possess recordings of four additional minor female passengers who also used bathrooms aboard the same aircraft. Thompson was charged with one count of attempted sexual, sexual exploitation of children and one count of possession of child pornography depicting a pre-cubicent minor. Thompson was arrested in Lynchburg, Virginia, and will remain in custody pending an initial appearance in Virginia before he's transferred to Boston. The deeply disturbing conduct alleged here is something no parent or child should ever have to worry about when they travel, said U.S. Attorney Joshua Levy. Mr. Thompson allegedly used his position to prey on and record innocent children, including unoccupied minors, while in a vulnerable state aboard flights he was working. Thomas was working an American Airlines flight from Charlotte to Boston on September 2nd, 2023, when prosecutors said a 14-year-old girl got up to use the main cabin lavatory nearest to where she was seated. Thompson allegedly approached her, told her that the first-class lavatory was unoccupied, and escorted her toward first class. Before the minor victim entered the lavatory, Thompson allegedly told her he needed to wash his hands and that the laboratory's toilet seat was broken and briefly entered the laboratory. After Thompson exited the laboratory, the minor victim entered and observed red stickers on the underside of the toilet seat lid, which was in the open position and stated inoperative catering equipment and removed from service and broken seat was handwritten in black ink on one of the stickers. Is it alleged that beneath the red stickers, Thompson concealed his iPhone to record a video? Nasty son of a bitch. Motherfucker. He's a good ass whooping. Um, the minor victim used her phone to take a picture of the red stickers and concealed iPhone she found in the laboratory before exiting, at which time Thompson allegedly reentered it immediately the charging document said. Prosecutor said the 14-year-old informed her parents of what she saw and showed them the picture. The victim's parents reported the matter to other flight attendants on board who notified the pilot. The pilot then told law enforcement the teen's father confronted Thompson, who locked himself in the laboratory with his iPhone for three to five minutes prior to the flight's descent. Upon the flight's arrival at Boston Logan Airport, law enforcement observed that Thompson's iPhone may have been restored to factory settings. It is alleged that a subsequent search of Thompson's suitcase was found to contain 11 inoperative catering equipment stickers. 
A search of Thompson's iCloud account allegedly revealed four additional instances between January and August of 2023 in which Thompson recorded a minor using the laboratory on an aircraft. The minor victim wow. allegedly depicted in the recordings were seven, nine, eleven, and fourteen what? years old at the time. Huh. Additionally, over five, over fifty images of a nine-year-old unaccompanied minor were allegedly ah. found in Thompson's iCloud. The images included photos taken while the minor victim was seated in her pre-flight and close-ups of her face while sleeping. Wow. What Mr. Thompson is accused of doing is disgraceful. We believe calculated, given that this alleged conduct occurred on at least five flights, said Jody Cohen of the FBI. Following Thompson's arrest, American Airlines released a statement regarding the incident. We take these allegations very seriously. They don't reflect on our airline or our core mission of caring for people. We've been fully cooperating with law enforcement in its investigation as there is nothing more important than the safety and security of our customers and team. If they're going to jail, he ain't going to make it. They ain't going to beat his ass. Man, well, one thing, one thing going to happen, if we had to count on your phone to work right, you ain't going to make it either. What's wrong with my phone? Because your motherfucking phone sound like you a million miles away. High top phase. Man, that was yesterday, not today. You're back now. You, whatever you were, you were, you were the long way the way. He's back. You got to get on your phone when you're talking. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm going to show you all what he looked like. This is who he is. That's who he is right there. First name, Nasty. Last name, Nasty. <laughs> First name nasty, last name ass, nasty, ass, nasty. So that's him. So why would this guy, you know, um, Sir Fisherlock said he would have had to stay locked in that bathroom with my daughter. Yeah, there's, you know, there's some. I mean, but so you say that, but what? So let's say that you know that you did something to him, and. Killed him. Now, your daughter's going, you know, your daughter loses her father because you're going to go to jail for some time. The traumatic effect is going to have on her because now it's in the news because everybody's going to know about it, you know. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, cuz. Yeah, then you, you know. Let me, yeah. let, let, let me tell you guys how crazy it is on 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 flights now. <clears throat> and you know, and then we gotta talk about social media. Right? How if you if you are if you work at a company and and your work affiliates you with that company's um um, that company's um, protocol and rules, and you're on your private page 
Good morning, John Beckman. Should you should you have the right to say what you want to say on your private page, or should that company have the right to say, "Yo, you represent us." So the things you say on your private pages they become detrimental to the value of our company. We got to let you go. Do you agree that it's no. happening like that? No, I don't agree I don't, to it, but it, it happens though, because my daughter is a. Uh, nurse practitioner, and the hospital will not let her will allow, allow her to have a uh, social media page, period. They say if she get caught with one, she's fired. She's out. Yeah. Well, long as you're upholding, you know, your, your, your standards while you're on the job, it shouldn't reflect after you get off work. I mean, you still got to have a life. You know, as long as you ain't doing nothing crazy, I don't think it should reflect, you know, your personal if page. If you are doing from your something, work. okay, so, so – so if you're on a plane and you take the mm-hmm. pictures of little girls. That's different. So, but no, no, it's not. Because it's not on the job. <laughs> it's the same shit. It's the same it's shit. Not on the, it's on the, the, you, you're not on your job. You're just on a plane. You're on a plane. You're going someplace, and you're taking pictures of little girls. Well, that's sick. Um then, no, yeah, see, then, see, yeah, y'all, no, y'all don't y'all don't listen good. You can't have it both ways. You can't make it what you want to make it based on what you think is sick and what is not, and what somebody else might think is sick. So, do you have do you have a fiduciary duty that what you post? I think so. You do. You I do. get it. Yes, you do. I get you it. You do. Because it's the same shit. If you had a company. You ain't got this company. You wanna and you wanna set an image for your company, and one of your fucking employees is is doing all kinds of god awful shit on his on his page, and they know that person works for your company. It's gonna make you look bad. So I get it. And it not just make you look bad. It could have a financial. It can it can create a financial burden on your on your company. Yeah. True. Man punches American Airlines flight attendant after she tells him to stop kicking seats. 2024 is off to a roaring start with an American Airlines flight attendant punched and spit for telling a passenger to stop kicking his seatmate's seat. The incident took place on Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024, on the flight from Dallas to Bolton, Montana. Keith Edward Fagiana, a Las Vegas resident, was accused by the passenger seated in front of him of violently kicking his seat. The passenger asked the flight attendant for assistance, and the flight attendant told Fagiana to stop kicking. Rather than stop kicking, Fagiana became enraged and punched the flight attendant four times in the stomach while cussing him out. The flight attendant, with the assistance of other passengers, tackled Fagiana and restrained him with flex cuffs. Fagiana responded by spitting on fellow passengers before banging his head repeatedly on the aircraft window. The pilot diverted the Boeing 737 to Rick Husband Amarillo International Airport in Texas where law enforcement boarded the aircraft to remove him. Fagiana complained that the 
flex cuffs were hurting. But when police officers switched him out for metal cuffs, he spat on them and kicked one of them in the groin. It was determined that Fagiano was drunk. He admitted to consuming Captain Morgan's rum prior to the flight. That is good. That is good. He was fucking no Captain Morgan. He's now, he's now facing interference with flight crew while he, um, he got to appear. Let me show you guys. Let me show you guys Fagiana. I just want you all to see all this goddamn crime <laughs> taking place early in 2024. Yeah. Good morning, mm-hmm. Daphne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain Morgan. This is the time. <clears throat> you were knocking the motherfucking back. That's that whiskey. Man arrested after requesting entry to cockpit and flight attendants on Spirit Airlines flight to Florida. A Michigan man faces criminal charges after alcohol-fueled comments and physical contact surrounding the Mile High Club aboard his Spirit Airlines flight to Florida. 47-year-old James Finister had a very bad first flight. Here is what is alleged. <laughs> The incident took place on Spirit Airlines Flight 693 from Louisville, Kentucky to Orlando on January 9, 2024. On board, Finister asked the lead flight attendant if she wanted to join the Mile High Club. Later on in the flight, Finister grabbed another female flight attendant and pulled her into his seat, asking her as well if she wanted to join the Mount High Club. Later on in the flight, Finister grabbed um, um, oh, I told the flight attendant immediately freed herself and reported what had occurred to the lead flight attendant. Finister also asked the flight attendant several questions about the cockpit, including how to gain access to it. In chatting with flight attendants, Finister admitted to consuming several shots of alcohol prior to the flight to calm his nerves. At one point, he laid down in the aisle, blocking the service flow and forcing flight attendants to pick him up and move him. The flight did not divert, (laughs) but law enforcement, including Federal Bureau of Investigation agents, met the aircraft in Orlando and arrested Finister. Finister was later released on bail and faces charges of flight crew interference and assault. So typical of a Florida-bound Spirit Airlines plane, right? Here's the thing, though. As horrible as all this sounds, I'm actually open to cutting this guy some slack. As he tells his story, this was his first time flying at 47 years old, and his nerves were frayed. Consider this happened earlier this week with Japanese airline A35-350 crash and the Alaska Airlines 737 MAX decompression event still a fresh memory, 
flying is still statistically the safest means of transportation. So, um, good morning, D. Rob. Yeah. So, James Finister. You guys want to see what James Finister look like? Huh? Yes. Y'all yes, want to see old Jamie boy? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's, have, let's have a look at him. Yes, please. Send it to me, Snitchy. I can see his crazy looking ass. She, she want to see what She want to see James. Big old Jamie boy. Y'all thought he was, you guys thought he was crackerjacking. He's not, that's, uh-huh. <laughs> that's soul playing. He want, he tried to turn it into soul playing. <laughs> he tried to tur- turn it into soul playing. Well, the wow. thing was missing was the weed from Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to, y'all thought, y'all thought it was crackerjacking. I know. Y'all was I like, saw the crazy ass looking white boy. Yeah. No. Y'all do the same kind of shit. It's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. Like everybody type. thought Lee Malbo. They thought Lee Malbo was white. I, first of all, um, um, whenever a flight is cheap, know that it's going to be cheap. It's going to be niggas on it. There's no, you, there's you no such for? thing in a cheap flight that ain't cheap. <laughs> Money banks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> if you look on the side of the spirit, you see his face with an okay. Right. Etched in crayon. Etched in crayon. Ah. Everybody. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm a half bag of pretzels. I'm gonna tell you guys a true story. Half bag fail. It's a true story. Nineteen ninety-seven, nineteen ninety-eight. I'm coming from France from the Medem conference. Medem is a, a, a yearly conference that happens where you license your music all over the world. Music licensors from all over the world meet in, in Khan, uh and um and we um and we have a you say the meet 'em music. Meet 'em, yeah. Yes, I know about meet 'em. Yeah. M I D E M. Have you ever been to Meet 'em? No. But I know about it. So meet him is an incredible event. And what the so, fuck a lie? He told oh, a lie last week. He just sits up and lied. Shut the fuck up and let him tell the story, Drake. <laughs> shit. <laughs> fuck he up. didn't lie. You shut he up. said he hadn't been there. He said he hadn't been there. <laughs> so Brad got Brad so got CTE. Um, good morning, Satin. So I'm at meet him. And we're coming home. And on this particular day, it's snowing so bad that we sit on a – so they have to do what they call defrost the wings. So when you're playing, your plane has to take off at a certain time from the time that you – that they defrost them. Otherwise, they got to go back and defrost the wings. So we are on – we can't we can't go back to the gate, and we can't leave. So they have to bring, go out, come out to us to defrost the wings because the snow is so bad. On my flight is Courtney Love, and Michael Douglas has an older brother, who um, I guess he's an actor too, but not as well known. So. <clears throat> 
I'm sitting I'm sitting in business class. Courtney Love is sitting um, I'm in the I'm in the second row in business class and she's in the third or fourth row, the third row of first class. So I can but I'm on one side, she's on the other, she's against the window, I'm in the aisle. And Courtney Love starts freaking out because we're on this, you know, we're on this flight that's that's already two hours late. And she um is freaking out and she's drinking, they've been drinking the whole time. So Courtney Love goes crazy. And um and, and she's acting up so they, they, they get her sedated. Um and then we get in the air, we finally were in the air, and Courtney and then Michael Douglas's brother or whoever he was, he starts that they start having this this back and forth thing, and I mean, and it, and it gets crazy. So now they have to restrain Courtney Love. So they got restraints on her because she's drunken. She's drunk. The 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 boy um, is fighting. So so, and I'm like, if this was black folks, there's a taser. Somebody got a taser gun. So they to tase black people. Um. Because, I mean, these guys were acting out. And so there always are marshals on the plane. There's always a marshal on your flight. If you're taking an international flight, there's always at least two to four marshals on your flight. So now what, happened, because, what happened in 9-11, Jay? Huh? I said, what happened in 9-11? If, if there was marshals on the flight, what happened? They got killed, too? Probably, yeah. Well, it, I don't know. These are international flights. Those those flights weren't flying international. So they're, they're, they're sometimes on uh, on domestic flights, but they're always on the international flights. So the flights that you're talking about, Ali, were were in the United flights that were flying in between cities in the United States. Okay. Okay. So that, that, that's not that's a domestic flight. Right. Okay. Is that cool? Can I can I carry on now? No, I was just wondering when you when you said that that just that just rung a bell. I was like, damn, what happened to them motherfuckers on the flight in nine eleven? But now you explain it, I understand now. I wasn't trying to be sarcastic or nothing, good brother. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure. Anyway, so so now we're on the flight. And um, and I'm thinking to myself, these two these two motherfuckers right here could actually take this plane down because they were I mean like they were wild like it was like a party like oh like it was like it was at your you know how when your family fighting with each other and you know and he's like fuck you and she's like fuck you too fuck you too fuck you fuck you fuck you. You know, and they're like, like, like they're having a fuck you battle. Damn. And there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, because um, Courtney Love ain't no little lady. You know, she's about five nine, five ten, and she got on these these white um, kind of go go boot things. And <laughs> Janet Reed said, "Peckerwood Love." 
No, no, they were going at it. And but as soon as we landed, as soon as we landed, before we could, they, we couldn't stand up. They had the police come on and escort them off. Um, Bernard Middlebrook said, I was on a flight. Unfortunately, the marshal was with me. I got stories. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And Courtney Love ain't no ain't no little chick neither. This yeah, no, this was before nine eleven. Um, Cal, this is nineteen seven ninety six ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, um, John Be- John Beckman said, "Damn, Peckerwood seemed to fuck things up every everything up at times." <laughs> well, John, you know that's you know how you guys are. <clears throat> Um, Money Banks, are you still here? Is Money Banks still with us or did he hang up? I think he gone. Money Banks went to South Africa. <laughs> he had to re his Boost Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know how old Money Banks is? He sounds like uh, he's about 69. Too old to be acting oh, like that. Money Bank 71, 72 years old. Money Bank's still young, though. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, I ain't think that motherfucker was that old. Damn. You can. Money Banks is. Money Banks remind me of um. Craig's father, on um, on Friday. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to have. I don't want to be out there like that. I, I enjoy. When I was in South Africa, I just enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed the. Um, just the, the, the space. That was that was beautiful. Just beautiful country. Incredible history. Oh. Yeah, John Witherspoon. John Witherspoon was a um, was a nice nice man. I love John Witherspoon. Very decent guy. So you know, sometimes you know, we got to learn how to um, how to calm ourselves, how to calm your mind. Did y'all talk about Scott Peterson? No, we haven't talked about Scott Peterson. Um, and Scott Peterson, I guess they got another trial. They're trying to, they're trying to say Scott Peterson didn't kill that girl. Let me tell you guys. Okay, so this is a, this is a true story, you guys. Um, uh, he's trying to get out, ain't he? Hmm. He's trying to get out, ain't he? And stop him. They, uh, uh, what they call that shit? Appeal or some shit? Yeah. He, um, He's trying to get a new Yeah, he's trying to get a new trial Right Okay Uh-huh mm. You know Alvin Harrison? You guys know Alvin Harrison That that that's, that's comes on this show? Yeah, yeah. Nope. You know Alvin Harrison Yeah, Alvin Harrison uh, he, uh, I'm so happy Alvin Harrison yeah, Ali loves his music. Bang, bang, bang. You know what? <laughs> no, um, I, um, Alvin, Harrison, Alvin Harrison lived in Modesto. 
when she went missing. And I I just happened to drive to um, Alvin's house to go meet with him and his wife, Angel, at the time. Yeah, I was down there when she went missing, too. I was in the desk yeah, right down the street. Y'all might have something to do with the shit. Well, that's that nigga, uh, Dre, sound like money. Man, he can't stop talking today, Jay. That might have been Money Bank. I just hung up on it. Um, but so I'm at Alvin Harrison's house, and I'm looking at these posters of this missing lady. So I asked Alvin about it. He said, yeah, this lady came missing, blah, blah, blah. It's not until later on that I realized that it's, it's um, Lacey Peterson. And... So, you know, and, and I lived in um, El Cerrito at the time. And so we watched this cloud, trial closely. So the Los Angeles Innocent Project is now representing Scott Peterson, who was convicted of murder in 2004 in the death of his wife and their unborn son. Good morning, Renna CZ. The nonprofit organization, which works to exonerate people who are wrongly convicted and incarcerated, said it is investigating Peterson's claim of actual innocence. Peterson, now 51, was sentenced to death in 2005 after his conviction in the murders of his wife, Lacey Peterson, and their unborn son, Connor. Peterson reported his wife missing from the couple's Modesto, California home in December of of 2002. Lacey Peterson was seven months pregnant when she disappeared in April of twenty of two thousand and three. The bodies oh, um, when she disappeared in April of two thousand and three, the bodies of Lacey and Connor were found separately washed up in the San Francisco Bay. In twenty twenty, the California Supreme Court overturned Peterson's death sentence after finding that potential jurors were erroneously dismissed partly because they expressed general objections to the death penalty on the questionnaire. But the state's high court upheld the convictions, finding the trial itself was fair. In 2021, Peterson was resentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. In April of 2023, Peterson's attorney filed a petition for writ of habeas corpus in which they alleged violations of state and federal constitutional rights and state statutory rights, including a claim of actual innocence that is supported by newly discovered evidence. The Los Angeles Innocence Project said in a motion for post-conviction discovery filed Wednesday. In the course of LAIP's review and after some preliminary investigation, it became apparent to me that numerous items referred to throughout the police reports in Mr. Peterson's case were not included in the discovery that was provided to the defense at the time of the trial, Paula Mitchell, director of the Los Angeles Innocence Project, said in the filing. The organization has taken the case because overturning the, of Peterson's death sentence meant he no longer qualified for a court-ordered appointed attorney for habeas proceedings. Um, so let me um good morning, Valerie Bailey. Good morning. So let's um let's unpack this for a minute. So this is a guy 
who reports his wife missing on a day that he happens to go fishing. And he's having an affair with a young lady um, in another city in Northern California, but he calls her um, while um, they're doing a, a vigil for his wife, and he tells her that he's in Paris for New Year's. Now, I don't know how dumb he was or how dumb she was, because if he's at if he's there at New Year's and it's nighttime in the United States and they're nine hours difference, the timeline wouldn't wouldn't match up right. Does that make any sense? Um, yeah, her name is Amber Fry. She tells him she he tells her that he's a widower. Um Bernard Middlebrook said, Innocent Project does not get involved unless they got some solid evidence. So um, you just never know what can happen for somebody with the right people in place. I'm not going to – the evidence was just too compelling. Good morning, B-Star. Mm. I followed this case. I followed this whole case. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody who followed this case that believes that he's innocent, that he – that yeah, yeah I followed innocent. it. I followed it, and I think and he's he innocent. Yeah, because because uh, they had four months, Jay, of saying that his wife was missing, and they knew where he was fishing for four months. And then all of a sudden, the body comes up where he went fishing four months later after they found out where he went fishing. That shit didn't make no sense. Because well, they had been there before. Well, he that's, that's, not, that's not how it happened, Ali. Well, you, well, you always talking about it ain't how it happened. That is how it happened. Go read it. Because, Shit. No, it wasn't because I was there. And I'm going to tell you, no, you, your dumb ass, you, motherfucker, you just learned how to read yesterday. I'm not even listening to you. So you don't understand shit. And that ain't how it happened. I think that motherfucker did it. I believe he did it. The girl said he did it. Told, the girl said she told on his ass. The girl, he was talking always talking about that ain't how it happened. You ain't I the only nigga in the world. I think he did it too. <laughs> Listen, Shit, that motherfucking OJ he got, was having they brunch. Had to, they had the cement. They had the cement shit that he made. They had all the ingredients when he made the cement. Everything that I mean, he didn't think that the bodies would come up. That so, and the first time when they went and they searched, they couldn't find anything because it had been weighted down. What he didn't expect is for the decomposing of the bodies to break up. And so, and, and you know, and, and it wouldn't, and it would come up, wouldn't come apart like that. I think he felt like the fish would eat it up. Jay, you would have a nigga in prison on that bullshit. You was a cold motherfucker. No, 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 I don't have him in prison. His actions got him in prison. But I do have your dumb ass on mute. Because I'm not going to let a retarded motherfucker <laughs> drive a little bitty yellow motherfucking bus to try to make some bullshit out real. Everybody who was seen this thing, you're the only one. You always, you're the same motherfucker that said Hillary Clinton was going to be president because of the because of, um, the sacrifice was made. 
J. King, you believe everything the United States say and everything the goddamn police say. <laughs> um, Daphne said he dyed his hair. He had thousands of dollars on him heading to Mexico. The nigga was out here in San Diego by me at the golf course, and I was in Modesto when she went missing. So I know all about this mm-hmm. shit. You don't know shit. You didn't follow nothing. I'll come to I was, was there, there, nigga. I was there, nigga. I wasn't in San Diego. I was there out there organizing, nigga. I called you and told you I was out that way. Back in um, 2002, you, uh, nigga. No, you didn't. Um, Burke, I did Lake call you. Anchored down. Um, I'm going to put your dumb ass on mute. That's, call me now. Call me now. Um, Del Bernie said Lacey's body was anchored down and her body suffered cuts from the blades of a boat. <laughs> Listen, I know. Ali just, Ali just go against everything. That's why he the ears of stone. He don't hear shit. He don't, he don't know nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> Why are you calling me? <laughs> wow. That was good. That was good. Um, I, you know, um, it's so they, they, um, good morning, Melinda Morgan. So they give him another chance, but Tookie, who changed his life in prison and started writing kids' books and who was really doing good, they 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 give him the death penalty. They don't they don't change it, even though at the, um, Amnesty International and everybody petitioned for it. John Beckman said, on a side note, that Peckerwood Peterson is not representative of the Caucasian race. Just an FYI. Thank you. Oh, really? Oh, yes, he is, Beckman. He represents you guys. And, that's, and, and, he, and, and his privilege is going to represent you guys even more. He gets the privilege of getting another shot at it. And oh, um, Uncle Ruckus over here wants it to happen. <laughs> uh, Christy Graham said Tookie Williams had a lot of people to help support saving him, and it didn't even matter. Good morning, DJ Gino. We, um, I, you know, um, we got to we got to push back when um, when Cheryl heard. Uh, I found out from somebody at the prison. My cousin was there at the time. He was at, my cousin DK was at that prison, um, and. Um, he told me what they were doing. I got it to Cheryl Heard. Cheryl Heard was on Channel 2. She reported on it, and they pulled him back. They were getting trying to execute him, and they pulled it back. And we got it pushed push back for nine months, but it, it ended up happening anyway. Yeah. This was going to be my question. What happens when it comes, when it comes to our people? Sometimes we get it. Sometimes we don't. Money banks, we, your phone kept ringing. What happened? Uh, I don't know. I think it just went off. Hmm. Do you want to come back on? And then I ate some breakfast. Okay, so basically, do you want to come back on the show? Yeah. 
Okay, so we want to talk about um, um, Scott Peterson. Oh, Scott Peterson. Oh yeah, my buddy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Brent found, found the uh, baby. Yeah, he found the baby. Uh, my buddy Mark. Uh huh. Mark found his buddy. Found it. They gave him an award. He said he didn't want the money because he said it was blood money. I said, "Motherfucker, give that shit to me." <laughs> Yo, hold on. So you're gonna tell us about? So, um, so Ali said he didn't do it. Who? Ali, brother Reverend Ali on, on the Kings in the Morning. Oh, uh, man, you know, everybody's saying everything, but that motherfucker did that shit. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, pick up your phone when it rings. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Rashawn Forrest. So, Ali, Buddy Banks said he did it. And his buddy found the body. Money Banks is a goddamn Money. lie. He's- He's a Money, let me tell you something, buddy. Let me tell you something. Let me tell y'all something. See, I'm all American. I'm all over the world, nation, places I wouldn't be, places you wouldn't understand, things you couldn't understand. Now, here's the deal. My buddy was a good friend with the white boy that found the body of the baby, okay? He found the body over there, somewhere over there by fucking, uh, I think it was over there by fucking the Golden Gate Field, somewhere over that way. He was over there. He found the body, okay? So... They questioned the shit out of his ass. They interrogated his ass so motherfucking much that he was he was mad. He was cussing the motherfuckers out for, for talk. They thought he was the one was involved that did it. So I'm telling you the real shit that y'all don't know. They after they found out that it was him that Scott Peterson did it, they offered that motherfucker a reward. That motherfucker said he didn't want the money because he. I asked him why you take the money, motherfucker. He said it's blood money. I said, you retarded motherfucker. Everybody got blood money. Nigga, the United States is on blood money, you cocksucker. Oh, that's, and that's the story right there, buddy. So I can go that far. And did Scott Peterson do it? Yes. Are, are you saying he did it on that? Nigga, you're going to get uh-huh. kicked out of South Africa next time you go. Well, oh, I said, what? <laughs> hey, they're going to kick me out of South Africa. They love me. Even when I go through customs, they love me. Through the customs, they know me in that motherfucker. They love me over there. See, they love all Americans. Y'all don't know. They think every black motherfucker in the United States is rich, even the bums. Just because they get over $1,000 or $800 on their social security, social security check, Hello? they rich. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. They say they rich. They say they rich. I said, how could they be rich? They say, they, they, get, they get over $1,000. Thousand dollars for free from the government. See, a thousand dollars over there is nineteen thousand. <laughs> so you do the math over there. Okay, you got dope every month. You're fantastic. You can live. They gonna Good. find you. With a, they gonna find you dead with a South African girl in your room, nigga. No, they're not, because you know why? Because I'm in, I, I be in an all-good area. Every area is a nice area. It's got, it's just like every, any other, like, area out here. You ain't going to go through. I'm not going through that. That's the hood over there. It's the same shit over there. They got a hood over there, but they got a big-ass hood over there, though. But it's yeah. fucking huge. It's fucking huge. Like, we got Golden Gate Parks and all that shit. They got the same shit. Right. You know? A, we go go, go to the motherfucking uh, 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 L.A. They got an L.A. Everything yeah. we got, they got Nigga, your cause of death gonna be some fucking a young girl. Oh no no oh no 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 no. They gotta be at least uh, twenty five and up. They gotta at least be twenty five and up, and they got to look like a lady. If they don't look like a lady and they twenty five, I ain't fucking with them. They gotta look like a real lady. 
Wait, wait, nigga, you 71, nigga. That's 25 as a young girl. No, it's not. Uh-uh. I should show y'all some pictures. I got some pictures I can show y'all. Slip them pictures to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an old, freaky-ass man. Yeah, oh, my God. Am I? Shit, holy moly. I love it. Good morning, Richard. Like That's gonna make me fucking live. I'll live fucking forever, man. I'll live fucking forever. Y'all just don't understand. So I mean, what is it about you? What is it about this case that you don't believe he did it? What What makes you think he didn't do it? No, Jay. I'm just saying. I don't know if he killed her or not, but I'm just saying it looks suspicious when they was talking about the death for so many uh, times, and they knew where he was fishing. In the beginning of the yeah, case, but, yeah, but when they so when they so when they did the sonar, when they took the sonar, it, they couldn't find anybody. Right, I understand. So that, but but he had, he had weighed them down with the semen, so you know they he he could have got away with it if the bodies hadn't come up. Yeah, but, but they they they, the they they never found the semen though, Jay. And that, but they only found the yeah, semen in the in the it, no no they found it in the storage where his boat was, but they never no, found they it found on the ocean, the Jay. It wasn't the, the same. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same cement, Jay. They can you verify that, it. sir? No. No. So can you so, verify so, that? So, yeah. Can you verify that? Thank you. Can I'm you just saying that, that? I, the, the police you couldn't verify it. Um, the police um, couldn't verify it, Jay. Then how are you verifying yeah, we're gonna it? We're going to find out right now. We're going to find out right now. We're going to find out. Was it verified that... That nigga always Googling shit. Yeah, because I'm not like you. I'm not going to just make up some shit because I want to make it up. <laughs> hey, did you guys have a lady on, on this phone? What happened to the lady? That's not a lady. That's a oh. rhinoceros, money girl. <laughs> uh, that's a what? That's a rhinoceros. They <laughs> <laughs> looking for you. You got a date. You remember what? You can actually <laughs> to go to the movies or to the theater with you at the ice cream. <laughs> they make yeah. like cute girls. He don't like big, fat, rhinoceros girls. What? Y'all she, talk about her like that? No, she's a no, nice lady. Um, you just ignorant. Um, in the state of California, you can do a murder. You can even do a robbery. God forgive, don't do a murder robbery. Uh, um, what? They found evidence of cement in Scott's garage, too, Roshan said. Um So, the evidence, um, prosecutors on Tuesday tried to show that double murder suspect Scott Peterson made five semen anchors, but that only one anchor remained, suggesting that he used the missing semen blocks to weigh down Lacey Peterson's body in San Francisco. Modesto Detective Henry Dodge Hindi, who spent most of Tuesday on the stand, testified that he found a semen-like substance 
on the wooden bed of a boat trailer when he searched Peterson's warehouse on December 27, 2022, I mean 2002, three days after Lacey was reported missing. So did you go when you said that they weren't looking? That that's, that already puts a hole in what you said. Hendy pointed out what he suggested was five circular areas on the boat trailer that had less powder than other areas on the trailer. Also found on the wooden bed of the trailer was a dustpan surrounded by the white powder and a sledgehammer. The defense plans to counter the impression that Peterson made four additional semen anchors when it cross-examines Hindi on Wednesday. Let me... Um, besides the previous report reported $14,000 in cash and a stack of credit cards, Peterson had bleached his hair, had grown a goatee, was carrying, among other things, 24 packs of sleeping pills, Viagra, nine pairs of shoes, four cell phones, a double-edged knife, and a water purifier, which the crier noted should not have been required, been required for a San Diego golfing trip because he said he was going golfing. Because that's the kind of shit you take. You only do that kind of shit when you're guilty. You don't, that's right. you don't start running from shit that you're not guilty of. That's he right. Wasn't, he wasn't running. He was going golfing. He wasn't running. He was just trying to disguise himself. <laughs> Hey, hey, Jay, sound like he like reading the newspapers. <laughs> the guy is guilty as you can, as far as you can throw a rock. He's guilty, 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 guilty. Hey, you got to remember one thing, man. You want to bet? We in the mail? I want to bet you fifty dollars that he he get out of jail and they find him innocent. How much you, 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 you want that bet, money back? I bet you. I bet you a hundred that they lock his ass up double. That's not a sound. That's not a sound. Okay, that's a hundred dollars, money banks. One hundred dollars because I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. No, I don't want to hear why. The, me- the media loves up. attention, man. They broke right now. They trying to get people. They have to sell papers, books. They trying to do all kind of shit. This is a big money thing, man. This is what they do. They're not helping no nigga, no motherfucker get out of jail that killed his wife if they think he killed her. It, it ain't about that. They're going to drag this on until they get some stories and shit, make money. Good morning, Max Merrick. I'm Sir Fish-a-Lot. The only person that I know, the only person that I know of everyone that I've ever talked to about the Lacey Peterson project that um, thought he was innocent. Of the thousands he's the only of one. people, he's the only one. He's the only that's one. Why your, that's why I'm your son, Jay. Shit, I'm the only one. <laughs> 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 you my nigga, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay. Lacey Peterson's head and parts of her limbs were missing, and plastic tape was wrapped around the neck of her child according to the full autopsy and coroner's photographs exclusively seen by ABC News. According to the autopsy, the skin of the child was not decomposed at all, though the right side of his body was mutilated, and the placenta and umbilical cord were not found with the body. The autopsy said that the cause of Lacey Peterson's death was undetermined, 
and there was no evidence of man-made wounds, despite the fact that her head and all of her part of her limbs were missing. Peterson's body was so badly decomposed, it barely looked like a body after it was found in San Francisco's Bay last month. However, the autopsy report showed her cervix was intact. Experts are divided over whether the new revelations about the condition of Lacey Peterson's body and that of her child would help prosecutors or attorneys representing Lacey's husband, Scott, who's been charged in the case. On Thursday, sources close to the investigation told ABC News the sealed autopsy report indicated a piece of nylon tape was looped around the child's neck when it washed ashore last month and that there was a laceration or tear on the tiny body. There also was tape on Lacey Peterson's lower torso outside of her clothing. When her body was found April 14th, a day after her baby's remains were recovered. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Batten told Good Morning America that the limbs and head were probably removed before Lacey was put in the water. Batten and former chief pathologist of New York City said it could not be determined from an autopsy how the baby came out of Lacey's body. It does tell us that the baby was in the womb for many months after Lacey was in the water, and Lacey, in fact, protected the baby until the baby came out shortly before the body body was found. He said the tape on Lacey's body and a cement bag that was found washed up on the shore near the baby could be important evidence. They never found nothing connecting Scott to that. Oh, and how many years? How many years he was? He's been in prison already. Since two thousand and two. Well, he's been in a minute. Oh yeah. So, you really think they're gonna uh, let this guy go? They making money no. on this one. They're going to get their money on. Everybody's going to get books and magazines. People spotted her walking the dog in the park. Two two or three different people spotted her walking this dog in the park. And then they also spotted a suspicious van that was robbing a house across the street from her. And they believe they believe that, that those people that, that, that was robbing the house, she went over there and confronted them, and they snatched her up. That's what they said. Now, we don't know for sure because we wasn't there, but they have no evidence that Scott Peterson did anything, and they found no similar cement that they found by the ocean in Scott Peterson's uh, uh, storage garage where the boat was. They found cement stuff, but it wasn't identical to what they found. <clears throat> That's not they true. Found no, they found so no blood. Uh, nothing of her. Let me tell you guys what Ali is doing. You just, 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 you went to Salon Salon, the workplace of Lacey's sister, Amy Rocha, where Amy cut Scott's hair, as she did each month. 
Scott offered to pick up a fruit basket that Amy had ordered because he would be playing golf the next day at a course nearby the retailer. Prosecutors say Scott also told other people he would be playing golf on the day of Christmas Eve. Lacey's mother, Sharon, spoke with Lacey on the telephone around 8.30 that evening. The last three people known to have spoken to Lacey before she disappeared were Amy, Sharon, and Scott. Scott later told police that he last saw his wife at about 9.30 a.m. on December 24th when he left to go fishing at the Berkeley Marina. He said Lacey was watching Martha Stewart, a show about um, Moringa, Moringa uh, and preparing to, preparing to mop the floor, bake cookies, and make the family dog take the family dog on a walk to a nearby park. Karen Service, a neighbor of the Petersons, stated that she found the Petersons' dog, a golden retriever named Mackenzie, alone outside the home, and returned him to the Petersons' backyard at around 10:30 a.m. She later testified that she'd found the dog at 10.18. Another neighbor, Mike Chiavetta, said he saw McKenzie at around 10.45 and he played catch with his own dog. The Modesto B also reported an unnamed female neighbor found the dog with muddy leash wandering in the neighborhood. <coughs> that neighbor put the dog in the Peterson's yard, not observing that anything was out of place. At 2.15 p.m., Scott left a message for Lacey stating, hey, beautiful, it's 2.15, I'm leaving Berkeley. Scott said he returned home after that afternoon, finding Lacey's car in the driveway and the house empty. He also stated that he found Mackenzie in their backyard and that he related this to Lacey's mother, Sharon, though Sharon later denied this in her book. Scott showered and washed his clothes. A neighbor of Scott later said that Scott had knocked on his door asking if he'd, if he'd seen Lacey. The neighbor and his wife both testified overhearing Scott say that he'd been golfing that day and he had tried to call Lacey. A relative of Lacey's would also later testify when friends and family began gathering at the Peterson's home that night, Scott said he had gone to play golf. Now, this is important, you guys, because Scott told them he'd gone to play golf but he told his wife that he was going fishing. Then he calls then he calls her phone and says, I'm leaving Berkeley. Right? Because he's fishing. Um when Scott um called his mother in law, Sharon, to ask if Lacey was with her. Sharon subsequently said that call was when she learned Lacey was missing. Scott and Lacey's stepfather both reported Lacey missing. The police received the report of her disappearance shortly before 6 p.m. At the time of her disappearance, Lacey was seven and a half months pregnant. While a due date of February 10th, 2003, uh, the story attached attracted nationwide media interest. So here he is saying, hey, um, I'm going fishing to her by telling other people he's going um, to play golf. And so, you know, 
when that shit starts unraveling, it, it starts unraveling except for people who who are kind of slow. Modesto police detectives Alan Bruccini and John Mueller, the lead investigators of the case, responded to the missing person call. When they arrived at the Peterson home, Lacey's keys, wallet, and sunglasses were found in her purse in a closet. Her sunglasses were found in her purse in a closet. Would one of you motherfuckers, would you motherfuckers put yourself on mute? Bueller told ABC News in 2017, I suspected Scott when I first met him. Didn't mean he did it, but I was a little thrown off by his calm, cool demeanor and his lack of questioning. He wasn't, will you call me back? Can I have one of your cars? What are you guys going to do, doing now? Bueller further described Scott's behavior as a strange combination of polite and arrogant, disaffectedly distant, and impatiently irritable. He just didn't seem like a man who was crushed or even greatly disturbed by his wife's disappearance and possible death. Now, you've got to understand this. He also is in a relationship with a woman named Amber Fry, who he has told he's a widower that his wife died. Now, Modesto and Fresno are a couple of hundred miles away from each other. But back then, because, of the, because social media and uh, technology wasn't then what it is today, he was able to kind of get away with it. But you got to understand that these things um, are just playing against him. Because here it is that he's told the woman that he's been seeing for the last few months that he's a widower from the time they got together. And now his wife that he's married to comes up missing. And she doesn't know that he's married because he says he's a widower. The only... And the thing that, that, that threw this whole thing off of him is that th- this case got nationwide and then worldwide coverage. And he thought being a Modesto, this would be just a missing person and it would just go away. After Scott um, uh, oh, um, Bueller further described Scott's behavior strange. He just didn't seem like a yeah. After Scott told the police that he'd gone to fish for sturgeon at the Berkeley Marina, about 90 miles from the couple's Modesto home, detectives launched a search. The police later said they suspected foul play almost immediately. They did not treat the case as suspicious within the first few hours after the missing person was filed, the report was filed. During this period, Scott's in-laws defended him and portrayed him and Lacey as an ideal couple, and public perception of Scott reflected this as police continued to investigate. They grew more suspicious of Scott. On January 17, 2003, 
it became known that Scott had engaged in two other extramarital affairs prior to an affair with a woman named Amber Fry. Fry informed police of their relationship on December 30th, 2022, shortly after discovering he was a person of interest in Lacey's disappearance. She told detectives that she met Scott on November 20th and that he had initially told her he was single. She also informed police that on December 9th, two weeks before Lacey's disappearance, Scott had told her that he was a widower and it would be his first Christmas without his wife. Police considered whether this was an indication that Scott had already decided to kill Lacey. Fry agreed to, to phone with him while police reported a subsequent phone conversation with Scott in the hopes of getting him to confess. On January 15, 2003, police told Lacey's immediate family that Scott had been having an affair and showed Sharon and Ryan a photo of Scott with Amber. Sharon indicated at this point that she believed Scott had killed Lacey. On January 24, 2003, Sharon, Ron, and Lacey's brother Brent told reporters that they were withdrawing their support for Scott. Though Scott had not initially officially been named as a suspect, hours later, Amber Fry held a press conference in which she explained her role in the investigation. Ron Gransky would later testify that they did this upon learning of his affair with Fry. In particular, upon seeing photos of the two of them together. A month after Lacey's disappearance, her brother Brent Rocha stated at a press conference that Scott had admitted to him during a January 16, 2003 phone conversation that he had been having an affair with a woman from Fresno at the time. So Brent added that Scott was now no longer communicating with the Rocha family. Modesto police and firefighters carried out an extensive search along Dry Creek the day after Lacey's disappearance. The search came to include helicopters equipped with searchlights, police mounted on horseback, and bicycles, canine units, and a water rescue unit on raft. A total of 30 officers were involved in the search, as well as Lacey's loved ones and volunteers who posted flyers to raise awareness of her disappearance. At a press conference, Detective Al Ocini said that police did not believe that Lacey decided to leave without contacting her family, commenting that that is completely out of character for her. The initial search and later vigil were organized by Lacey's immediate family and friends. In the two days, up to 900 people were involved in looking for Lacey before community officials or police directly participated in the search. And prior to significant media coverage, eventually the story attracted nationwide media interest. A $25,000 reward was offered that later increased to $250,000 and finally a half a million for any information leading to Lacey's safe return. Posters, blue and yellow ribbons, and flyers were circulated. The basic version of the LaceyPeterson.com website was launched by the husband of one of her friends. 
Friends, family, and volunteers set up a command center at a nearby Red Lion Hotel. Record developments and circulate information, over 1,500 volunteers signed to distribute. On April 13, 2003, a couple walking their dog found the decomposing body of a full-term male infant on a marsh area of the San Francisco Bay Shore in Richmond's Point Isabel Regional Shoreline Park. And on April, April 24th, ABC News reported his umbil- umbilical cord was still attached, and the San Francisco Chronicle reported that it had appeared torn rather than cut or clamped as is normal practice following a birth. However, ABC News later reported on May 30th that according to the autopsy, the placenta and umbilical cord were not found with the body. So um, I think it's a tall, a tall hill to climb. So even after hearing that, Ali, you believe that he's innocent, right? Yeah, Jay, can I say something without you muting me? I don't know yet, according to what you're going to say. Okay, well, he told the people he went golfing and the, and the family that he went golfing because he didn't think that Lacey was actually missing. Maybe she would come back home. What happened was the boat that he went fishing on, he had bought that boat for his stepfather. He didn't want to reveal that he had the boat, so he told him he went golfing instead of fishing. He told Lacey he went fishing because she knew about the boat that he was going to give to her father. That's why he did that. Okay? Warning! Warning! Bullshitter alert! Bullshitter (laughs) alert! Warning! Warning! Bullshitter alert! Bullshitter alert! Warning! Bullshitter alert! Jay, Jay, he he was he was taking the boat out to test the boat to make sure that it was ready to give to the father because he hadn't rowed the boat and found out if it was gonna ride fine. Okay. Secondly, when they talking about she, he said that he had he was widowed. That was a lying ass, cheating ass woman, Amber Fry, who was mad that he was married. Okay, that's why your dumb ass is on mute. I'm not going to let you just make up shit. You can't just make up <laughs> shit about somebody. <laughs> now, I gotta, I, there's got to be some integrity in the show. I can't just let people make shit up. Now, um, next to OJ trial, I'll follow this case like no other. Had I been on that jury, I would have found Scott guilty too. As well, Dale Bernie said, but Jay King, you you with you with the police commission, and we know you don't want to go against them. (laughs) (laughs) What about what? Good morning, Michael Ward. What about what about um? What about Dale Bernie? He he ain't with the commission. Dale Bernie eat too many hot dogs. That's that testosterone (laughs) shit. He ain't got no more. All them hot dogs that nigga didn't uh, eat. Sir, Fish, Sir Fishalot asks this question, Ali. Who needs to test a motherfucking boat before giving it as a present? <laughs> he he needed to test it. He wanted a, a, a crazy nigga a crazy nigga named Warning. Warning. Bullshitter alert. Bullshitter alert. Warning. Warning. 
Bullshitter alert. Bullshitter alert. Warning. Bullshitter alert. I can't believe I can't believe you listen to a nigga named Fish. I, I, yeah, I am. I'm here for dudes that you can that you, that you can say, "Hey man, um, I got this. I got this lick. If you give me five hundred dollars, I can get you five hundred thousand dollars. You don't have to pay back." What? Yeah, man. But but you got to be able to do it today, though. I only I only got um uh, I only got two or three slots here left. So if you had two or three slots left for somebody. To give you five hundred dollars and for them to get a half million, why wouldn't you just fill in those slots and take the money yourself? JK, <laughs> I can't believe you listen to a nigga named Fish with all that mercury up in his ass. He can't believe any motherfucking thing. He don't even believe he lies. Hey Jay, you got it. Uh, you got Beckman it, Jay. Said, John Beckman says, "Should I ever go fishing with Ali and come up missing?" Please look for my body at the golf course, not the lake. Thank you. I'm not, I don't go fishing with motherfuckers with CTE. Oh, my God. So, Ali, Ali, do you really believe he innocent? Jay. Because you're, you're the only Jay, person Jay, they, I they, know. Yeah, listen, Jay. They, they, that, that whole story went worldwide, like you said. They didn't want to be embarrassed of not finding out what happened. And they start plotting. Oh. It's the same way they did against OJ. OJ was found innocent. That's right. Thank God. Scott was for Johnny Cochran. Scott was found guilty. Scott was found guilty because he didn't have no good lawyers at the time. He what had uh Garrett No, Garrett goes no gave out Jay because it was a conflict of interest and he didn't want to do the damn thing, and the other did took the other dude took the case. Jay, the man is guilty. He ain't guilty. You that's guilty why for going good. to South Africa, fucking them young girls, nigga. That's what you guilty of. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> your seventy one year old ass. <laughs> no, I'm not. Cheating on your wife and shit. I'm, I hope she don't come up missing, nigga. You talking about the Mexican voice you got, nigga? Ooh, I don't care if she come up missing, cause I'm gonna be happy as hell, cause I'll be free, free, free. Yeah, he gonna <laughs> flee to South Africa. They gonna bring your ass back in handcuffs, nigga. <laughs> hey Jay, hey Jay, what you said is true. Jay, Jay said the thing. Hi, as he ain't guilty, why his ass is in jail? In fact, Jay said, if you start running and shit, That's come right. on, you fishing, you grand golf, your ass is guilty. Period. He wasn't. He wasn't running money banks. He went golfing in San yes, Diego, he nigga. He, he was not. Well, why was he? His hiding? family had a house in San Diego, Jay. God damn, y'all some cold motherfuckers, boy. Okay, where they find him? Uh, when they took him to jail, they where did they find him? They, they found him at the golf course. OJ was guilty too. And Clapper, I'm gonna tell you something. I agree with you. OJ was guilty. He got he got away with it. But let me tell you why I know OJ was guilty. Because Jay, you ain't never OJ been to jail a day in your life, nigga. I know. But, but I, you, know, you know what? I bet your dumbass is gonna be muted. But until I until I'm off, OJ. Mm-hmm. OJ um, had a little girl whose mother was killed, and he and they said he did it. 
And so he, he wanted to make himself, he wanted to find himself innocent of it. So he found himself, they found him innocent. But what O.J. didn't do is once he was found not guilty, the next thing he should have done, in my opinion, if, if you love your kids and you really didn't have anything to do with it, the next thing you would do is say, I'm glad I was exonerated, but my little girl uh, lost her mother, and I was on trial for something I didn't do. But what that means is there's a, there's a killer still out there, and we got to do everything we can to find the killer of my daughter's mother because that's what I would do. I would have to. I couldn't stop until I avenged my daughter's mother's life so that my daughter could have a healthy life. And if you look at OJ's daughter, you know, she's the ballpark Frank because that emotional thing you ain't going to never get rid of. That's what, that's what a daddy who was innocent would do. That's my opinion. I agree, Dave. I agree. And that's when I knew OJ was a dirty motherfucker. <laughs> he got that. You know, I'm saying something. That that pussy make you do something to somebody. That what? That pussy. That puss. <laughs> that pussy boots. <laughs> well, you you you, you, you right about that though. That nigga making black money base. I, I, I know you know. I know you know. Right kind of pussy. My God. That motherfucker African back. <laughs> You might you might go African bombado on somebody. <laughs> hey, um, hey, put it this way. I noticed you told J. King that he never went to jail. Tomorrow. I noticed you told um, J. King that he never went to jail, right? But yeah, I, yeah, he don't know. He don't know. I'm glad he feel like that. Who? Mm-hmm. I'm glad he feel like that. Who? I've never been to jail. But listen, I, everybody that prison. goes to jail. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jay. No, I'm just saying I've never been to prison. But um, Money Banks, the third hour of power comes up next. You can hang out. It, it, it'll probably be more to your liking anyway because it gets wilder. For those of you who don't forget the third young... hour of power, you can call 515-605-9376. But you have to call it right after the show because... After a little while, it'll lock you out. 515-605-9376. If you want to speak, press the number one, because I'm about to get out of here. My name is Jay King with Lynn Tolliver, Johnny Grabcracker Davis, Yusef Kente, Brother Reverend Ali, Sidney Braxton, Reese on the radio, Money Banks, uh, uh, High Top Fade. Uh, uh, the people that go to jail wasn't that smart. Chocolate Peach, Potter, Big Charles, and Mary Hopkins telling you to get busy living because you have enough time dying. Coming up next is the Wild Wild West. It's called the Third Hour of Power. And it's crazy. So stay right here, Monday. They're going to talk to you. That's King Network. Where the people come together. That's King Network. Where the people come together.
Well, third hour power, taking roll call. Who who's in the house? I see uh, you're here, King Money Banks. Uh, bless you, sir. Yes, yeah, baby, baby. Yes, baby, baby, baby. Yes, baby, baby. Oh Lord, you know I'm here, baby. You know I'm here. You know I'm here. Wonderful, wonderful. So I'm gonna go on self mute, and y'all just let me know if you need me. No, we don't, don't need you, nigga. We you don't need you. Pay, you we go to the zoo, tomorrow. nigga. That's the only time we need you when we go to the zoo. <laughs> How I get it? Who, who's Try to sing, nigga. You, you's a big old motherfucker too. Love you, sister. Have y'all ever, y'all ever heard a motherfucker Emerson sing? That was it. Why didn't, why didn't whoever murdered her? Because there's no connection. 
Why didn't they just kill her? Why they did. The baby thing and taking the baby out and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't. That, I don't understand that part either. Where he says he was because he wanted to make sure that he had a baby. Why would he? That why could would, be it. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. See, that man had a contract. Why would someone else kill her and take her to where he said he was fishing? That's what I'm saying. They, they had four months to do it. I, I don't know if if he did it. If he did it, then that that's pretty. That's really sick. Not only her, but the baby. Oh my god! Like if he, he had did somebody it, do he it. Never be out of prison. He should never get out of prison. He, he had somebody do it. Money base, where's your proof? You been in, you was a South African nigga messing with them twenty five year olds at that time. <laughs> oh Lord. Hey, listen, his ass had contract and, 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 and his instructions was to make sure that baby was out. That's what the instructions was. To make sure the baby is out of their stomach and then kill her. That's what you know he did. You know who killed her? J. King who? killed her. <laughs> you know, he he gonna be if he said he going fishing, it, it was Jay King. And going golfing means oh. he had a set up. That's a set up. Oh. He set it up. He set it up to have a kill. And his, oh. and his number one rule was to get go, that go. baby out of there just in case she don't die. I think I think the I think the god of the show was listening. <laughs> It was J. King. The nigga said he was following the story. He was down there. <laughs> the light. The, the, the light is struck Ali. <laughs> Say something, Cuddle. Oh my God! Uh-oh. Yeah, lightning struck him. Cat got a thumb. Put him in the bubble. Put him in the bubble. Cat got a thumb. Yeah, put him in the bubble. Right back. That's a that's a bit too much, Ali. You do a bit too much. <laughs> oh my God. That's, and, and instead of just and to go through all of this, if he had anything to do with to go through all of this, instead of just. Divorcing the woman, like I, there was a string. I, I think it was in the eighties and stuff. There was a string of those things where people, guys were, white guys were killing their wives, and then they find out that they were in an affair. I was like, how about just get a divorce? Like you would well, because they try to kill them. I'm, I'm, the, I'm trying to get the insurance money. I don't just, right. you know, oh, you know I just, I, yeah. I want to get, I want to get the payoff. By the way, you guys, tomorrow we're doing our Kings in the Morning on Saturday. It's the Saturday edition of Kings in the Morning. So, so just yeah. know that. Yay. Yeah, I'll be I'll be able to fully participate now. Yep. Awesome. Yes. So, so um, but uh, see, I leave the motherfucker that would kill somebody too. I know how <laughs> that works. <laughs> I I don't I don't think they excavated <laughs> Ali where Ali lives and they found some bodies. I don't think I don't think any of us would be that surprised. Look, Jay did. He, he was having a concert with Alvin Harrison at that nigga's house. It was just if they find a bunch of fat women, go to get lightning came down. He got struck with lightning. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. <laughs> it takes a fool I, 
to learn <laughs> to keep my name out your mouth. It takes a fool a long time to learn, to learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! You do know that there's reason why take all this meaning out on us. You do know this, right? That's the song Listen. he was performing after he killed her, JK. I want to know that baby like that because I think he didn't want to pay child support. The divorce to her would have been one thing, but he didn't want to pay child support for the next eighteen years. Well, he wouldn't have to pay That's child support because if baby. something had happened to her, he could have kept the baby himself. Right. right? He so, he, so he would have raised he would have raised his own daughter, son or daughter or whatever. But yeah, but he didn't want that burden. He didn't want money, that burden. They had the point. They he didn't the want that burden. I'm telling you, the nigga didn't want that burden. I'm yeah, sure he so didn't. You seem he, like he didn't. It was it was obvious he didn't, but I'm just saying. That that insurance money, Jay is probably right about that. It's probably life insurance that was there. I just I just I don't get it, man. You'd rather kill somebody than just break off a relationship just because of some man. That's crazy. Right. That's like I said, it was a whole rash uh-huh. of those things back in the eighties. There was a bunch of white guys killing their wives for different reasons, like wow, like what's going on? Because white but, men are right. crazy, you know. It was yeah, it was, it was I, pretty I bad. I never understood that shit. From either side, women that want to kill their husbands and uh, guys that want to kill their wives. I don't understand that shit. You don't want to be with somebody just kick rocks. You go. Uh, right. I agree. But you know what? He was already that, acting was, like he was single anyway, seeing all the women that he wanted to see. He was already, you know. Right. Yeah. Just go on and do what you yeah. do. Go on and do what you right. do. And there's, there's right. a rash of that, too. Matter of fact, there's some recent ones where they be catching women taking out hits on their husbands. And I'm like, wow, what is going right. on? They be hiring Ray Ray and Pookie and them. <laughs> and then wonder why they get caught. Right. <laughs> right. And then wonder why, okay, how did they ever catch up with me? I had this all figured out. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure she was did. a Ray Ray. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, and you know how it is when you get Ray Ray, if you ever seen the first 48. When they get them dudes in that place, and then they start, them dudes start sweating, and then they go to commercial, and when they come back, the dudes eating Popeye's chicken and smiling, you know he done gave up everybody. For a biscuit. He done gave it all up for a biscuit. Yeah, oh, man. High C punch. And some high C grapes. Oh, my God. That's real. That's real. He ain't never lied. They'd be in there licking their fingers and all that kind of stuff. He's like, okay. During the break, he done gave up everybody. He just ratted on everybody. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you want to throw the snowman? Here's who did it. Hey, what about reparations? You guys think you're going to get reparations? Butter biscuit. There you go. Butter biscuit. Not just the butter biscuit. He gave up everybody. Yeah. Love that chicken and Popeyes, right? (laughs) Yep. My God! They start treating them first. They go, they go hard on them, and he starts sweating. We know you have, you know, they go hard on them, and then they, they bring, then they start going. Well, you know, we can work a deal, and you know, well, we no, know they, you didn't. They bring in that one, do everything. that one chick from Memphis. They bring in that one chick from Memphis. Oh yeah, they bring her. In. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, hey! They bring an auntie. Once they bring an auntie, it's over. 
Right, right. <laughs> they, they, let, they, get, they, let the man, they let the white man go because he's been mean. And then they bring in the, the the good cop, auntie, and then she just starts stroking your head. We know, baby. Anything will be all right. You bring your pop right. ticket. It's over. It's over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's been with Jimmy Hoffa at and everything. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> giving up all kind of information. Yeah. Really shot JFK, all of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's why, listen, most of those cases, man, where there's more than one person involved, somebody's giving, I mean, somebody's going to talk. Because all they got to right. do is strike you with a lot of years. You got to think about that. That's one of the reasons I, I would never be a good criminal because they say 50 years or 40 years. I'm like, uh, you know. So, Let me tell you something. Right. If I had to do a crime, Believe me, I'm going to do that shit by myself. You tell one exactly. motherfucker, it's a wrap. It's yep. a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know what? And your, 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 your attorney, whatever attorney you get, all they do is plead. I think most of the criminal cases, the, the attorneys try to plead, and you never win. I think they plead in like 90-plus percent of the cases. Your attorney going to try. He's not going to really try to get you off unless, you know, he's going to try to work a plea deal. That's all they do. They don't really do any work to try to get you off unless you really got some money like that. But um, it's just please. It's just please. Hey, let's take a deal. This is probably the best deal you're going to get. You know, you'll only do 15 years instead of 25 years and all that kind of stuff. When you start hearing that kind of stuff, you, you just take it, right? Is, is, God gone, is, is God gone yet? He don't know. I'll be praying. I'll be like they said, yeah. God is always listening. Yeah. Did God, did God leave right. yet, y'all? I, I don't think so, Cuddle. Let me know. Let me know when God's gone. I'll come back. <laughs> hey, hey, no, I'll leave. What, what do you think about this whole thing of? you know, 90-plus percent of the lawyers just try to plead out. They don't really try to get you off anything. They, they man, let me take you something. Leader. These lawyers is full of shit. They don't want to do no real work. That's why they ask the motherfuckers to plead out, because they motherfucking ass don't know nothing behind pleading out. These motherfucking lawyers ain't shit. There's only a very few of them that really know how to go to trial and get you off and do the right work. A lot of these motherfuckers just want to get paid and go home. They don't want to expose. They don't know shit. That's why. That's real. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what we're saying. Like, it's, it's, when you go... If you are hearing this today, you are alive. And this is not to say you are in the greatest condition. You may be overweight like I am. You may have an illness or you may be slightly depressed. Or you've recently lost someone close to you. You're no different than anyone else. And although that doesn't make you feel better, how you feel is up to you. Feel good about yourself. Because you can, even through struggles. The goodness of our Lord can overpower any sludge evil may toss your way. And you can either swing on the vines of hell or float in the glory of God and weather the storm. It's all up to you. Amen. They go God, y'all. He can't leave, boy. Amen. God will stay with that you all of your you. life. Yes. You may have athletes and warts on your butt like I do, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Jay King, Jay King was in Modesto at the time, y'all, over there with Alvin Harrison. <laughs> you heard him say that himself. He was out there. I wouldn't put it past him. Be careful, Pedal. <laughs> Be careful. I'm going back on mute. I'm wiping down my car because okay. God, God got issues with me right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough, man. These criminal cases and just going to court and stuff. From what I hear and what I see, friends of mine that have gone through it, especially when I was young, those guys, man, it was it was rough. It was rough, man. Um, but as far as that case is concerned, that's crazy. That's absolutely right. crazy. Um, what else is going on in the news these days, guys? I'm just getting in. I'm late, so. Well, let's see. I had not looked up the current events. Give me a hot second, and I'll do that right now. But I think King Money Banks had a question about reparations, if I well, if I, I recall correct. Yes, we do Martin Luther King March for all these years. We need to have Martin Luther King flag reparations next year. Don't say reparations over here. God will get on you. It's a debt that's old. Don't make God come back. Amen. We, we need that. <laughs> Martin Luther King flash reparations walk. I, I don't know if walk do. is going to do it, though. I mean, how oh, we yeah, walk I think we walk and do it. Well, We've been walking already I mean, already. I mean, I mean, one of the things that, one of the reasons I didn't like um, um, Al Sharpton, because anytime anything jumps off on the East Coast, in order to calm people down, it seemed like Al, Al Sharpton was, you know, years ago, Al Sharpton would come out of nowhere and then have people walking. So people would be walking, wearing out their good shoes, and then at the end of the walk, he'd make a little speech, and then everybody would go home. And at, they got to the point where I was like... And that tired tracksuit he'd be wearing, that great tracksuit. Yeah, yeah, tired tracksuit. And it got to the point where I was like, is the government calling him to come in and do this? Like, okay. Black people are getting reckless, yeah. Al. Could you come in and step in and go, you know, handle this? And then yeah. he comes in. I'm going to tell you the thing I don't like about Al Sharpton. There was a case one time where this guy had a real serious, serious case on uh, somebody he knows going to jail, and it was framed. It was a bunch of bullshit. And he asked Al Sharpton. He, was going, he went to the, all the way to the state capitol, and he asked Al Sharpton for some help. Al Sharpton said, do you have any media behind you? He said, no. He said, when you get some media, call me. Media? Yeah, that's that's the hustle. It was the hustle, man. Like, you know, I'm not going to get on him like that, but, you know, he had the hustle going. Oh, so whoever got the media got the power. The big money hustle paid off for him, though. It really did pay off for him. So yeah, he had to pay paid off for him. Wow. Paid off for him. <laughs> kind of the thing with Jesse. Now, I'm going to go on the limb because we're on the third hour of power. I'm just going to go. I know I'm just saying stuff, but I felt the same way about Jesse. Jesse would shake down those corporations. He would go... Corporations would get a lawsuit against him. Jesse would go in. He'd shake them down, give to his rainbow coat. Next thing you know, the corporation is giving 
just this mad money and a big bag of money to his rainbow coalition. And then he says, well, you know, they, 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 you know, we, we can take it easy on them now. They, they fixed things. They, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And it was like, he would just do that over and over. It's all about the pain. And the corporations yeah. would always yeah. give to him to get the heat off. He'd bring the heat on. they pay him, you know, his, through his rainbow coalition. Well, that was his, that was his whole and, MO. That's all he did. Yeah. Yeah. And they, then, they, then they would pay him, and then he would calm things down, and then it would be over. Yep. And I was like, what? Pretty much. Like, you know, but it was a hustle, and it worked for him, too. He got a lot of money. Everybody's getting money. Everybody gets money. Um, All right. So I feel that. Oh, no, I'm listening. Hold on one second. So okay. the whole thing with 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 a walk, do, do anybody think that that actually works anymore? Like we're going to walk down the street, down the middle of the downtown, and then somebody's going to give a speech or a few people are going to give a speech at the end of the walk, and then – what what then from there what? Yeah, that's right. Then we shall overcome. I'm tired of walking. I want action. Big action. That's what I'm saying. Who, who's gonna file? And I always say this: Who's gonna? Where's the where's the law firm that we've all pitched in to get to start working on this? That's right. To start gathering the information, to start gathering yeah. all of the evidence, to start really yeah. working on this thing from a constitutional point, or since it's commerce, right? So, who 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 have we who have we retained as a law firm to help us work with this, to help us start on this? That's when the real work we get, by the way. That's right. Because this is, at the end of the day, this is a legal. You're, you're asking. You're asking the government to take accountability. Are you shitting me? For real? When have they ever to take out accountability? No, listen, listen. Man, if you're going I'm, for I'm reparations, asking, that's what you're well, listen, yeah. I mean, no, listen, I, I they agree. have never, like, they've never, if, even through history, even through history, they have never taken accountability. Ooh, even what they have done, ooh, even to the government, the government, they've never. They've told lies and stories. He was got the same man place on the corner. Somebody put yourself on mute. Like right yeah, he worked right in there. Everybody shopping there. He walked around. He probably seen him. Yeah. Put yourself on mute. what? Okay, hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so I, I just don't. It. it if you're going to take, if you're going to say, well, we want reparations, it's going to have to go to the courts. It's going to have to. There's no other way to do this. The government's not going to give you anything. You're going to have to take it, and it's going to have to be done to the court. That's when things get serious. As long as people are talking and, and yelling and screaming and rolling out of ground about reparations, nothing's going to happen. It's not going to happen until you get serious and obtain a law firm and actually started working this thing through the courts. It's commerce. If a debt is owed, what do you do? When a debt, when you owe somebody something, if you never pay them, it's going to end up in some kind of litigation of some sort, right? So 
Right. Look, let's 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 understand this. You can get a lawyer, whatever, right? In order for anything to be passed on a lot of government stuff, those laws have to be, be made. So somebody has to pass a bill, right? And if nobody agrees with the bill in the state where you're at, and no matter how, how far you try to push it, if nobody agrees with it, it goes nowhere. So you can have all the lawyers you want. You don't make a difference. What you got? No, but that, but that's if you're just begging for it. But if you make a case in court, then it doesn't happen. Then it goes a different direction. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you that if you're just asking for it, then and you're trying to get it through politicians, then it's just not going to happen. But if you take it through court and you have a case and you have evidence, which there's a lot of evidence, then that's a whole different track, right? That's a track where there's going to have to be a decision made in court. And that's I, that's where I believe it should go. That's what I believe. That's the, the route that we should take. I think any other route is just they're smart enough to just divert us for the next three, four hundred years. Like it, it just it's, it's got to go through the courts. This is a criminal. We're saying that this is a criminal case, or we're saying that, you know because it's a debt that's old that hasn't been paid. So we just you know we got to put on the criminal track. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I feel like um, we would need to identify exactly the case and be able to, you know, structure it in a way that um, it's focused and strategic and covers, you know, everything properly. And that in itself, you know, needs work, a whole lot of work. I mean, we, we know There's what's happening. There's a whole happening. lot of work, and that's where the law firm comes in because they're the one that's got to put this, you know, pick through the Constitution and pick through all the laws and pick through all the evidence and, I mean, there's a lot, but they got to be paid. That's the next thing. How do we? Pay? Is there enough? Do we have enough money to pay them? Of course. My time. Um, we spend trillions my of dollars. Tie, so. my, my time interject. <laughs> oh yeah, Reese. Wait. Jesus. Okay. So, the last time I said this, people laughed at me, but that's okay. I don't expect everybody to get on board. But, Potter, you just said it, right? We have thought this is a legal case because, in a in a weird way, you have to treat it like you would if you were a personal injury lawyer. Because well, we're dealing not, with... Not necessarily personal well, injury. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, my, wife, my wife just was just a part of a class action lawsuit against 3M. And the class action lawsuit, some people got as much as thirty to $40,000, where my wife got clearly less than that, but it was all for the same injury. But each person's injury was really based upon the product and how it affected them. So, but everybody got paid because they won the case. It was settled, and everybody who was a part of the class action got paid. This would be a class action lawsuit, regardless, like mesothelioma, it's a personal injury case because people suffered at the at the um, at the role of government or the role of particular governments across the country. They all played some role, some bigger, some smaller. Some people were affected in large ways and in small ways. You can't. Nobody's going to get paid the same dollar amount. 
you'll bankrupt the entire country. So there are going to be some people who were compensated based upon the effects of said lawsuit. So you have to treat it like a personal injury case. Again, people laughed at that, but guess what? That's the bottom line because it is a litigation. You can't say because you're black, you get this amount. We said this about the California Reparations Task Force. Oh, my God. We got rid of God, and here come the devil. Before they came before they came to a conclusion, we said, are they going to do a 23andMe that says who has this much melanin or this much slavery in their background? And people laughed at us when we said that. And guess what? It turns out that that's exactly what they were recommending at the end. Certain people did or did not have enough melanin in their account to get the full compensation. Go look you, know, up, you know what? Go look you know what? Everything we, the devil says, though, this nigga's the devil. Go look it up right now. What he just said. It, it, but, but Reese, the thing is, I think you and I are agreeing that this is going to have to. If, if it's going to go forward, it's going to have to go through the courts. If, it's, if there's going to be any meaningful, like, there's going to have to go through the courts, and then the courts are going to have to decide one way or another. Um, yeah, I mean, because I can make the argument that says if I do a 23andMe 23 23 um, uh, test, a DNA test, and it turns out that my Nigerian heritage is only 47%, and then we do Snitchy's DNA, and she's from Zimbabwe, and she's got 84%, does it mean that we both get the same amount in reparations? The answer is no, because unfortunately, you got to gauge it somehow because we can't assume that both of us are descendants of the same kind of slavery, if not slavery at all. No, you're right, and I think that's where the legal – Like, how do we know that? That's where, that's, that's where the law firm comes in. Exactly. The law firm then has to, has, to, has to define who it is that will give it, and then they have to get evidence. So people may have to have their lineage traced. They may have to. We don't know. That's where the law firm would do all the heavy lifting to say, look, we have to define who it is that gets this money and who is an African-American. And we got we to define who this is. And then we got to work through that process of, okay, how do we define? And then they'll that, – but that's well, why just brought up right. the law firm for direction, right? right. Roseanne just brought up a great point. Roseanne just brought up a great point that sort of applies to what you're saying here, Potter, is the first black female millionaire was Ida B. Wells. Do her descendants also get less? Does she get, do they get less reparations than everybody else who didn't have a millionaire offspring? And slavery didn't impact her. So, you know, that's, there's a lot of that litigation. And I, in my personal belief, I believe reparations as a discussion is nothing more than a grip for those who are making it a discussion. So it's like these certain councils and whatnot are finding a way to fleece government and get them to spend money and line their pockets 
and never solve the problem or never come up with a, with a plan to pay anybody reparations. Local government can get their tax portion, exactly. too. So let's give all these people, because they got to pay taxes on it anyway. Exactly. So we wait. We make out. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but there's, there's always going to be money in medicine and for a lot of people. And for people who've kind of gotten in the middle of this, there's no money in the cure. There's only money in it, and you know, managing exactly things, right. Exactly. So they make enter, money. So they make money from income. talking about it. They make money from mm-hmm. organizations popping up about it. They make exactly. money from all of this stuff, but they don't make any money if and, it actually happens. Right. And enter, enter, right. You can't remember. You can't grift off it once the debt's been paid. Right. Nobody. That, that means the industry's over. Booker, Booker T. Washington said it best, you know, be a people in the black grievance industry who will make sure that every day they will talk about the ales of the blacks so they can profit. If you take away that job, they will have no employee. Booker T. Washington talked about that eons ago. Yeah, I mean, but that's the people not having a strong soul. If there are people out there saying, well, we need, you know, this or we need that or whatever, the, the masses of people need to say, Okay, if we need it, we want it in two years. We want it on this date, and we want to, since you have such a strong grip of the issues, you be the lead of it, and we expect this result at this time, and watch them run. Everybody at that point will run. They'll start deflating. They'll start running. and Oh, well, you know, it's going to be more complicated. You know, we got to do this. Well, Well, you know, okay, well, what date can we? Can we say that, or can you say that this is going to go to court? We want this filed by 2028. You know, we, so we, you know, where are we with that? And then people start hemming and hawing, and you know, and this and that. Nobody ever like puts a hard date, a time stamp on these things, like we do at work. When you're at work, you're expected to do work, and when there's a deadline, you're expected to meet it. We never put any deadlines for these guys for these people. We just let them go year after year after year and just they just keep talking and, and stroking people's emotions and all this stuff and nothing ever gets done. Nothing ever gets done. The objective and is not to do anything. Say that part again, King I said the objective is never to do anything. The objective, remember, mm-hmm. that the, the money is in the problem. Mm-hmm. 100%, Reese. 100%. I don't see why people can't find it. And I think it's difficult for people to understand that because of these people that are in the middle, they can get on, on TV. They can get on whether it's CNN, Fox, MSNBC. They can get on TV and get coverage. And it just, it almost like resets people, right? Right when people are thinking, oh, well, what's going on with this? Why can't we get any traction? They come on with their words, and then people are like, yeah, you know, (laughs) they were wrong for what they did, and they got to pay, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but there's no, where's the progress? There's no progress. You figure, you Figure after all this time, somebody would have a project plan, a timeline of when this stuff needs to be done, uh, something. There's nothing. 
there's groups and organizations and people meeting and, oh, we have this task force and that task force and, you know, and all this stuff. And it's just year after year, just same old thing. And nobody. Let me tell you something, Let me tell you something, Potter. They ain't going to never let no niggas know when they're going to get some money, even though they know they're going to give them some money. They don't want to get these niggas hyped. So you can believe that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I, they like they, they like to give niggas they like to give niggas surprise money. Yeah, but but Ali, aren't you frustrated by all this talk? No, you I don't. I don't believe. Really, I don't listen to it. The only time I hear it is when I come on here and hear Jay and Reese talk about it and whoever engaged. I don't listen to these motherfuckers, man. These motherfuckers is crazy. No, I don't. I don't know for sure if they gonna they gonna offer some money. I don't know about that, but I know if they gonna give it to us, they damn sure ain't gonna let us know when it's coming. Yeah, I mean, the majority of your life, they've been probably all of your life, they've been talking about this kind of thing. And yeah, and, just, and I've been, I heard it, and I just never really engaged in it because I was like, I'm gonna go make my own money. Fuck these people. Because by the time they give yep. some money to these niggas. Half of us gonna be dead. We ain't gonna never get it no way. So you wait. You might be right about that, Ali. So I'm trying to get my own right the best way I can. I'm trying to get my own the best way I can, and whatever John Beckman gonna give me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, um, no, I guess it's all economic. But that's another thing. Okay, so while we're waiting for this uh, this reparations thing, what are we doing in the meantime? Like, what, what's the plan in the meantime? People have been harmed. What are we doing? I mean, I know there's a lot, people, a lot of people doing a lot of good work in the cities and, try, you know, with families and, and at-risk youth and all that kind of stuff. But what, economically, what's the plan? Like, what's the... Well, you know, money banks. Money together and buying some no, what, what are we no, money banks is going to South Africa buying young hoes. That's what he's doing in the meantime. He got his oh money banks. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. You know the bad thing about getting lawyers involved in this. The first thing they're gonna do, they're gonna burn most of the money because they gotta, they gotta get their share out of it. And then I don't look at lawyers as, as being uh, honest enough to decide who gets what. So who, who's going to sit there and, and look at somebody's lineage? Nobody's not going to do that. They're going to, they're going to decide on their own who's fair, what's fair, and what's not fair for whatever people they want to. So that's crazy to me to ask for uh, nobody to get involved in that and create all this money, generate all this money for their firm. Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to generate money for their firm. And then on top of that, rob the people out of their money. So yeah, we're going to have a dollar worth of the team. The only why the only why Scissors is, is saying something about it, Potter, is because he want to know when he can go buy him a whole bunch of cigars. That's the only reason why oh, he worried about it. <laughs> no, and, 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 I do and, have to ask. And I have big, to ask a big question here. And, and I have to ask question. Hold on one second. Let me let me respond to Charles. Charles, I agree with you that 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 we got to watch out for that. I mean, because law firms will take your money. And so that's something that has to be discussed. Unfortunately, you, we're gonna have to pay for the legal help, man. Like, there's no, there's no other way around it, right? Because I don't trust people. I don't want to get pro bono because I feel right. like you get the best service if you pay for it. Once you start asking for stuff for free, it just, 
in my opinion, it's not going to work. So I, I agree with you. You got to watch out for it. So I'm in the neighborhood. You say something. I've thought of many cases by myself. I done fought a many a cases by myself, man. Fuck these motherfuckers. What you pay for is going to fuck you. What you do for free, if you go to the law library by yourself, law, law, I'm sorry, law library by yourself, you'll learn some shit. And when, and when you learn it and beat them, guess what? They're going to change the law to make sure nobody else can come in there and do the same shit you did. So what is your winning percentage? I don't talk to animals. Oh. You don't talk to yourself. <laughs> go ahead, Rick. Go ahead, Reese. I'm sorry, ahead, I didn't Reece. mean to cut you off. Go ahead, I was going to say the part that really, really bothers me, and again, it's where I have the biggest problem with this with this discussion. I was getting shot down for it, but you know, outside of Jews, which again is always the template, nothing ever works collectively in a group. If people actually think that Jews collectively worked for their reparations after the Holocaust. That's actually not true. There's no truth to it at all. There is no collectivist. There is no collectivism within the quote-unquote black community that is going to be successful at getting reparations. And people keep talking about it in a very collectivist way when they say, what can we do? What can we do? It's impossible to get 40 million people to be lockstep in one agreement. It is virtually impossible. Wait, wait. Right. So, Reese, so, let me explain something. Hold on. Let me reply. Let me reply. Let me reply. Wait. And here comes the pushback. No, no, no. Listen. Listen to me. No, listen. No, listen. It's not a pushback. It's not a pushback. We understand that everything that evolves. No, listen. Hold up, Reese. Hold up. Everything that evolves to the greater good of young people has always been done on the higher powers. Never been the lower, the lower pots that that's had any self involvement, right? So, let's talk about women's rights, right? They've used people as pawns to get what they want, but it's always been somebody in the higher power who's allowing people to get what they want. So when you talk about the Jews, you already had Jews heavily in politics. So you, you that that was already a head charge. Why do you think the, uh, the uh, Elfset people are so strong right now? Because you have those people that's higher in politics. They have control over government in their own way. They have the money and the government in the form of their hands. So when you deal with people on that strength, yeah, but you don't get blacks now in higher power who actually are trying to collectively be that way. No, because TV is washing. They're washing black men to marry white women, white men, white, black, men black women to marry white, women, white men outside the race. And we allow it because of negativity within inside our own group. Because, yeah, black men are like this. Yeah, black women are like this. Black men are like this. That, that's, that's what we do in our group now. And so we fight against each other. So how can you actually get us to be collective? We're not be collective because we can't get along with our own race. You don't find, listen, and somebody made a good point about this, and I just seen it recently. It was okay when white people got in action and um, got into dresses, and white people never knocked them for it. But as soon as black people started doing it, well, we got a problem. Black actors got a problem. No, it, it, it was already done. White people done it too. But you don't hear them yelling about it. But we find everything nag about but the right thing. We don't fight about shit that really concerns real fucking like that's going to real have some real basis or real meaning. No, we fight for the dumb shit. Like why do, why is there corner stores with alcohol in every corner in black neighborhoods? Nothing white. Who, who gives a fuck? If you don't like them, don't support them, motherfucker. But guess what? You're going to support them because that's what you do. That's the problem.
Reese, yeah, you're going to get a lot of pushback all the time because that's the way you speak upon it. So every time you push back and say something negative in black, it's going to get pushed back upon you because that's the problem. When black men open their mouths and black women open their mouths and speak negatively to what black people can't do, you become a problem. So when you say, I'm going to get pushed back, you know you're going to get pushed back because of what you've done and what we already go through as a whole. Charles, That's it. let me respond to that. Let me respond to it. Okay. Hold on, Reese. Hold on, Reese, before you say, hold on, Reese, before you say something. Charles, Reese is going on history of black folks not doing shit for themselves. So he ain't wrong in the shit that he's saying at all. Yeah, I, think is, I think Reese is no, 97% no, right. I was no, really, no, I really did. You heard this. I'm, everything I see is not something right. Everything I see is right. Here's what I'm saying, Charles. Charles, Charles, Tell me hold on. Here's what I'm saying. First of all, the terms, there are two terms that I want you to hear. One, conventional wisdom is bullshit. That applies to black people, too. And when I, when I ask for people to, when I ask them generally with some of the stuff that I bring up, I always say, listen, it's commonplace in the African-American community to believe this, that, and the third. But then when you challenge them on it, they scream and holler about the fact that I said it, but they never argue the substance. And thus, what I just said to you was to argue the substance. You can be mad at me all day. Call me a name, say that I think white or I'm trying to be white. Say that all day. But when you avoid the substance, you already proved to me that there's merit. So I'm going to say it again to you. Tell me how you collectively get 48 million black people to get on the same stage, the same p- p- platform, to agree wholeheartedly. You got black agree. people who I can't even agree. agree. I Listen, agree with you. Agree. You got black people. I agree with you. Listen, hold on for a second. Let me finish my statement. You can't get black people to unilaterally agree on the five major foods in soul food. If you think that you're going to get them to decide on how we get reparations, 48 million collectively, you're bugging. You're never going to do it because think... individuals, because we all work as individuals. Because we share the same skin color doesn't mean we share the same ideas. Reese, I'm agreeing with you. You're not going to get everybody, but you don't need everybody. See, that's why you go through this route legally because let's so let's Thank take you. Thank the, you. Um, the, 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 listen, you go ahead. listen that when you talked about when you talked about Rosie and this class action lawsuit not everybody has to be a part of that only people who want Thank to you. be a part of it are part of it so if you're talking about okay. 40 million and then let's say let's say that we let's say that there's a there's a law firm that's been chosen i just being hypothetical. And they're saying, look, in order for us to do this, these are the legal parameters and blah, blah, blah. So you need to find your, get your lineage, go to your county and, and work your lineage back this much on your mother's side, this back on your father's side, you know, where they were, and that kind of stuff. You, everybody's not going to do that, Reese. Only certain people are going to be able to do that. So you're not talking about 40 million. Only the people that want to be involved will be involved. It might only exactly. be five million. It might so, only be so two million. Up, we don't know. So look up. But it might only just be. And when it's done, that's it. Now here's the thing. Here's where the issue is, and what we got to think about. Mm-hmm. Once that, let's say everything works out. Everything works out beautifully, and everybody 
participates in all that. After that debt is paid, they don't want to hear a damn thing about racism anymore. You can you can believe that. So we got to figure out if it's got to be comprehensive because there's no way we can then go back. There's no going back. It's going to be a one. If it's ever done, it's going to be a one-time thing, and that's going to be it. So anytime you say, "Oh, this company is discriminating," or they're going, they're not going to want to hear it. They're going to like, "Yo, y'all was paid off. That was a deal. The deal was y'all paid off, and we don't want to hear a damn thing about racism ever this- again." This reminds that, me of that's the question, that's, that's the tricky wait, part. Wait, wait. So let me ask you a question. So let me ask a question, Reese. So let, let's mm-hmm. take, let's let's fall back a little bit. When you always talk about people collectively doing things, how many people were involved in actually writing the Constitution in the, of the United States? Was the whole America involved in? Um, Hell no. Um, the whole America mm-hmm. was not involved in that. The, the people, those people that were involved, thought they were speaking for the people. So when you try to make it seem like you need every black person, like he's saying, you don't need every black person. You just need the right people to do it. The right people in the right places. Okay. To do something. Charles, make it something you're forgetting right. something oh, wait. here. I'm going to wait, use wait, an old. Saying? I'm going to use an old social experiment to make my point here. Okay. Here's the old social. Your, experiment. your social experience is always messed up, but I'm going to. It's trust me. It, it works. It always does. So this business told everybody that they were getting a bonus. The announcement came over the email that everybody was getting a bonus. What they didn't mention was that one person on the team was going to get $5,000 and everybody else was going to get $10,000. They brought in a person who was going to get five. They brought, no, no, no. They brought, it's a bonus. There's no laws. They brought in the person. They said, you're getting $5,000, but everybody else is getting 10. If you complain, no one gets anything. You have a choice. Take your $5,000 bonus, say nothing, or complain, and everybody loses out. The person, nine times out of ten, chose nobody gets anything because he didn't get the $10,000. But here's my point to all of this. You're right. Not every African American has to contribute to the reparations. My point Mm -hmm. is this. Who gets to decide? what we get. Who are the omnipotent overseers of the reward? Who gets, who do, who, who, who dictates what all black I, people I, get? I got one question. Say something. I'd like to say something to that. And then I'm going to be quiet. Hold on. I got one question. When a Jew got like the reason, right? Was it everybody got an equal thing? Calm down. Get out of here. Close the doors. I am. It's you over here. When, when a Jew got their reparations, right, their money, right? Did everybody get everything the same? No. Everybody get the same equal money. When your when your wife got that money from her lawsuit, did everybody get the same thing? No. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't no. work like that. So you can't say. So everybody understands when you become part of a lawsuit or you become a something or part of something, everybody's never going to get the same thing. So that's the automatic to be given. So all that stuff you're saying is crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense. Because people well, don't understand well, that side of things. All contracts, well, not, all contracts doesn't work the same. Everybody don't get the same record deal. Everybody don't get the same house built the same way unless you pay for it. It, it doesn't work like that, Mike. Life doesn't work like that. That's it. I, I um, agree with you, John. I agree with you. On that. May, may I say? May I offer an idea? Yes. Yeah. Who gets to okay. who gets to decide? Okay. So why not look at 
what was why well, two ideas one why um not look at what was successful for the Jewish people um even for um kind of like the healing time that came after apartheid in South Africa what like look look across the world and find out what was successful and how can we pattern that because um wasn't it some sort of um peace conference, the Paris Peace Conference or Peace Treaty, um, they, like, said how much they was going to have to be, something like $87 million in, you know, back in the 40s time frame, money-wise, was issued as um, their restitution from Germany for the Jewish Mm-mm. people. Now, I'm not... No, no they're not going to give niggas shit if they come with anything like somebody else came with. They want these motherfuckers to come up with something different. You can believe that. Yeah, you well, got to come. I think, to I come. think we're creative enough to, to, to see what was successful and then see how it would work for that's us. Why you over there, that's, that's why you over there with different. no water and your motherfucking ass is in Modesto. <laughs> Oh my God! I, I don't think. But here's the here's the difference, Missy. This is this is about a debt that's old. Their situations yes. were different. So this is a hey, there was some work done and I wasn't paid kind of thing, right? So right, it, 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 it's 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 a little different. But I think I, I'm, I'm with Charles. Not not everybody who now Reese brings up a good point. Who's going to decide? But that's where the law firm comes in because legally. There has to be calculations made. And if you right. have to get other people involved, then those calculations have to be made. It's done all the time, every day in courts. When there's a dispute that involves money, there's calculations that have to be done. Right? That's and so, right. yeah, then right. we've got to figure out what the calculations are. Now, some people have already right done some rough calculations, but it's going to have to be more Sorry. than that. So let me, let me say this. There, there are white people right now, famous white people. We're talking about celebrities who have now found out there's a drop of black blood in it. In it. Have they actually went back into their books and changed themselves to being black? No, they haven't. They will not. They won't. And I'm going to tell you something. It's like the lady who walked in the classroom asked how many people a day will claim themselves to be black and nobody raised their hand. Nobody, no matter how you want to look at it, will want to be part of this race. And uh, this this gender or this this color of people, as you want, however you want to put it, nobody wants to be part of it. It's not like we were born and we say, hey, you know, we want to be part of discriminating in this world. That, no matter where you live at, blacks are discriminated all kinds of ways. Yeah, yeah. but that's the that's life we live in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, now, it's, like I said, I, I agree with Reese. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so Reese said that one person gets five thousand, but everyone else in the group gets ten thousand. And to the one who's getting five thousand, if they um, if they abstain in any kind of, if they uh, protest in any kind of way, then they don't get anything. Um, so why not why not to all of the ones who are getting ten thousand make the difference to the five thousand so they come up too. And everybody has you know ten thousand. Well, I mean, you know what? I mean, well, okay, they're not going to have ten thousand because they're going to give. I don't know how many people in the room, in order, so I can't give a number. Nicole, why not do that? Nicole, that's actually a good. That's actually a good strategy. Oh no, huh? it is a great strategy. But Nicole, you're missing the very key component to getting that done. Well, and I'm the, learning. And the yes. rule, 
It's called collectivism. Now, I know that people, (laughs) the only people in the world who understand this are progressives, and people don't Mm -hmm. understand they're progressive until it's explained to them. So, collectivism like Russian, means Russian collectivi- yes, collectivism. That's correct. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, collectivism means that everybody gets the same and no one teeters higher or lower. Everybody remains the same. It's collective, right? You have collectivism. That means that no one can obtain more than the other. So, you'd have to literally, and again, this is something that has to do with free will. You control the free will of an individual that says, you know what, Nicole, you and I are both going to have $7,000, and that's all the money we're going to make all, you know, every month. I am not to have any aspirations to want more or to buy more. Maybe I want a nicer car, but I shouldn't do that because Nicole, who's my next-door neighbor, she only has a Volvo. I should only have a Volvo. That is how you manipulate free will. But because people have free will, you have people who obtain more who want more. Now, you can demonize them by calling them greedy or not being satisfied with what they have. Uh, I remember a former president saying, well, how much money can you possibly have? As much as I fucking want. I used to tell people, if someone puts a plate of donuts on the table and somebody goes over and grabs five donuts, there will always be somebody who says, yo, man, why are you taking so many donuts? My response to him is, because I can eat so many. It's like, but what about the others? They can have as many as they want. It's up to you to decide on how many donuts you're going to take. Nobody should tell you how much you're allowed. So when you're thinking about the collectivism of reparations, you're deciding on one person or one group of people who are deciding for everyone. And collectivism never works. It's socialism. It's communism. Yeah, but class action lawsuits aren't collectivism. Like so, so that is different, right? So, you you need a you need um, um, some of the top advisors, which would be like I said, hypothetically a law firm, because a law firm will then determine what, like for example, what court it needs to go into. Does it need to go into an Article One court or an Article Three court or common with Article Three, which is common law or equity courts, right? Which I think that's probably where it would lie. But I'm not I'm not a lawyer. But, 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 they would make but Potter, back to your point. Potter, back to your point. Let's say there's a 59-year-old black man who lives in Harlem in an apartment building subsidized by the government. And you have 59-year-old Denzel Washington who's been in a litany of films. I put any amount of money on it that of the 59-year-old, if he finds out that he's getting a million dollars in reparations, if he finds out that Denzel Washington is getting the same million dollars, I bet you beyond the shadow of a doubt, he's going to feel some sort of way about him getting that $1 million. $1 million. He's going to. Listen, anybody, anybody who's been to divorce courts, which, I'm sure, which I guess you have, would know that we feel a lot, a lot of ways about a lot of things. <laughs> that doesn't change the law, right? So people can be emotional about whatever they want to be emotional about, but once the calculations are done, and once the legal once the legal strategy has been set, that's it. Yeah, that's it. But that's where I say when people talk about fairness, they don't know what they're talking about. Fairness is subjective. There is no such thing as objective fairness. There is no such thing. Yeah, so fairness, so once the criteria is set, if I don't meet, let's say I can't trace my lineage back, 
far enough to to determine to say that I'm I should be a part of this thing. Then I get nothing. Then I'm not just not a part of it. Now I can feel a certain way about it, but it has been determined that in order to win the lawsuit, that the, those who are part of the lawsuit or the, the the action or whatever, meaning the black people that's supposed to get money, are supposed to turn in certain paperwork to prove so that they can prove to the court that these are the people that need to get this money. And they've proven that they were, you know, their ancestors were slaves, you know, to whatever degree. If I don't do that, then I'm just not part of it. I can feel any way I want, but that's just, I didn't do what I was supposed to do or I couldn't prove. Am I going to be sore about it? No, because I, I didn't do the work. Like I didn't, I couldn't prove it, unfortunately. I mean, those people can put, here's what I really want. Here's what I really, has anybody individually tried to do this? That's where I think mm-hmm. you're going to get the first the first success. Somebody who can trace well, the lineage yes. back oh, individually wait. doing it. Individually. Right. Individually. Because I think that's where this first success is going to come, to be quite honest. I think there's going to be a family of people that say, you know what? This is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it against the government and maybe the insurance company that was a part of this and blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I personally, I think that's where you can get your first win. Somebody actually doing it at an individual level. Just, just my thought. I don't know. I could be wrong, but just, you know. Well, according to the Washington Post, a Henrietta Wood, let's see if the, I don't know. Hang on. I, um. Because I think somebody did something against an insurance company if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember what the case was years ago. I heard it again from a person bank? saying, what's the name, what's the name well, of the Swiss bank? HSBC? What's the name of the, what's the, name of the bank? Oh, yeah. Like HSBC. HS, uh, HS, uh, HSBC? Uh, HSBC? I think it's HSBC. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to mm-hmm. look up that bank and look up, uh, and look up Holocaust uh, lawsuit. Just look up that that what that bank of the Holocaust lawsuit. So there were plenty of the HSBC. This is I want to say this is back in the 90s. It may have even been in the early 2000s. But there were people who would Jews who had actually sued the banks because the banks had gone through a chain of changes, like you know companies that have been owned or ownerships, right? So a series of ownerships, which in essence what they were able to do is to find that company to then say, here's how they benefited off of things that were taken from the, by the Third Reich by Jews to finance those businesses. So in essence, because that mm. business profited, they had to pay mm-hmm. back the reparations, if you will, to the Jewish, to the Holocaust survivors. So I made right. this argument at least 11 years ago on Tuesday morning when I said, if we can find the organization, right, because each slave, each slave owner was a private industry. Some of them went bankrupt at the, at the end of slavery, like some farms and plantations went belly up. But whoever bought said plantation after the fact would have been a business that profited from slavery, right, because he bought the land. So I always said, just like Paula brought up, the individual lawsuit would be, let's say, the Singer Corporation, right? The Singer Corporation had plenty mm-hmm. of my ancestors who worked who worked in the Singer company. 
So I would say if my family wanted to re- file reparations, you go to the Singer Sewing Machine Company and you find the lineage there where my, you know, my ancestors worked for them. You sue Singer in that in that lawsuit for anything they benefited from the slave labor that they received. That's the way they yeah, I mean, people do it. But people say saying go after governments. The governments don't make money; they take money. Right through taxation. I, I know, but that. But that's a legal. That's a legal thing. I think that you should still go after the government. But I agree with you, Reese, that it doesn't stop us from from individuals from making their case and going to court and trying to get some redress. You know, from from this stuff, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop the individual. And I, like I said, I think that's where the first win is going to be. I think there's going to be an individual that wants to take this thing that has a good, that has some good a good legal team. And individually, they're going to start walking this thing up the courts, right into an Article Three court and an Equity court, like the Supreme Court, just to hear the to hear the case. I think that's where the first win is going to be, in my my opinion. It's just an opinion, but. Hmm. So King Reese, I can't find what you. I know it. I know it exists. I just can't find it fast enough here. Apparently, HSBC has had um, different kinds of um, troubles. Yeah, they, they, they've had. Yeah, they've been in a host of different different issues. Yeah, but yeah, you, I think you're also. I think you're also right there, um, Potter, with an individual reparations case would set off a uh, a chain reaction, if you will, for each individual to say. You know, hey, you know what? I'm going to look up my history too, and see which company or which organization benefited from my ancestors, and then sue and kind. That would make yeah. so much more. Sense. You know what? And and I think I think I think you're onto something, Reese. I really yeah. do. Oh, another another thing about people coming together economically, mm-hmm. economically. Reese, let's say you go down, you're down in San Antonio, right? Reese is in San Antonio. And Reese just eyes kind of this, this property. It's zoned and it's just, it's just sitting out in the middle of nowhere, but it's a good spot. And he does the groundwork. He gets, you know, he makes sure everything is zoned and we can get, you know, water and sewers and that's there and all that. He goes and finds that he can get it developed and probably get like 80 homes or 100 homes on this in this property and make it look really nice. But now he's saying, where do I get the money? Do you think that Reese, Reese, do you think that you would be able to find people that you don't know, black people that you don't know, to invest in this thing? I mean, everything is legally and done above board. But do you think those kind of deals and, and that kind of investment and economic, do you think that's feasible or do you think that's not? We we just won't do it because we don't know you. Like, let's say I don't know you or whatever. Do yeah, you think I think there, raise would, the money? there would be some hesitancy. <clears throat> I think there's a degree of hesitancy that comes with trusting your fellow man with that kind of information just because. I just think that's the way people operate. Because it, because there has to be some when we talk the economic side of things outside the reparations. Mm-hmm. What can we do in the meantime? Like you said, you're making your own money. I'm trying to. Everybody's trying to make their own money. 
and do their own thing? Is there anything that makes sense from a, not really a collectivism thing, but just pooling resources kind of thing? Is there anything that you ever thought of that made sense that, look, you know, if you're going to, if you want, if you have five thousand or ten thousand dollars to invest, why don't we do this or invest in this land and get the developer to come in and start getting the 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 lots, you know, <laughs> selling the lots and you know whatever it is. Who said no? Who said no? Was that, is that staff? I said no. I have to read. I said no. Oh, you again, I've okay. done I've done it before. I've tried to get people to invest. Their hesitance is exactly what I stopped asking after a while. I just stopped asking because people just don't want to they, they don't want to take the risk. And I've I've recognized that more and more each day. People are afraid to take the risk with their own money. The only person you can trust with your money is you. This is also the reason why I said I don't understand people in government. They always want the government to handle uh, handle situations that involve their finances. I'm like, I wouldn't trust these people with my money. I see what they do with it every day. When you find Let out that these you two spend... Which one of you motherfuckers... You know, put yourself on mute know. if you're not talking. Put yourself on mute. I can't even hear what Reese is saying because those of you who got a fucked up phone, your phone is talking while he's talking. God damn, I'm trying to listen to a radio show. Go ahead, Reese. I apologize. Hey, no, yeah, I, was, I, you know, I, I always, you know, I look at government and I bring it up every time I do, and I know I'm probably be, becoming a broken record, but I look at this government from one point of view, and that is when you find out they spent a million dollars trying to figure out if humans can outrun dinosaurs by putting an alligator on a treadmill. That's all I need to know. <laughs> you know I'm not trust, I can't trust the government with my money. You know, because if, if somebody could fund that, if somebody said, okay, let's do that, and I'm stunned at what. And every year we find out what they, they spent. They spent over, what is it, uh, $171,000 trying to make monkeys transgender. I can't trust these people with my money. So I get it when people won't even trust their fellow man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that, that's, people are, are better, I believe, people well, are better equipped to spend and save their own money. Well, so so let me let me push back on you a little bit, Reese, because you say the government, if the government can't do that, you know, so we're not talking about the government. We're talking about somebody you know. So let's just say that I came to you guys and said, hey, I've got a record that is going to go to number one, but it needs fifty thousand more dollars to do it, and I've got twenty. I need thirty thousand dollars to do it. And if this record goes to number one, right now I make between twenty and twenty-five thousand dollars a night. But when this record goes to number one, it's gonna go to sixty thousand dollars a night. I'll make sixty thousand a night. Well, I'm gonna take half that money and pay you guys your money back. And for the next two years, you're gonna get um, you're gonna get twenty percent on the money. So in other words, if you put $5,000 in for the next two years, every time I do a show, you're going to receive $1,000. Not only are you going to receive $1,000, you're going to get your money back. You wouldn't do that deal. You wouldn't look at me and say, you know what? 
this guy's been successful with this. Hey, even if it doesn't get to sixty thousand, if he only gets to forty thousand dollars, it's more than the twenty five thousand dollars he's making by fifteen thousand. If I'm gonna get twenty percent on my money paid back, I'm gonna get my five thousand back and then I'm gonna get twenty percent of what I put in over the next two years every time he does the show. You wouldn't do that? You wouldn't take a chance on that deal? I'd I, I, I take a chance on that deal. I would. Yeah. Now, and, but, but truth be but told, to Reese's point, I, I would. But what, what can Reese uh, – So you, what I'm saying is it's not just – so the point, the point I'm making is this, because I understand what Reese is saying. Mm-hmm. It's not just – so when you, start, when you start looking at these types of things, number one, you got to look at the person you're talking to, where they are right now, you know, are they capable of getting the money back to you? Because everybody can tell you how, you know, what what they think is going to do, how big something's going to be. Right. But, but they don't really know. You feel what I'm saying? So you got to be. Yeah. So, so it's got to. There's got to be some tangibles there. But I think that you should also be open to possibilities, because that's how that's how you get rich. And that's been the that's been the the downfall of the black community. It's not open to any well, not possibility. Enough takers. Not so, enough risk takers. Right. Yeah, calculated but but not just any kind of risk. A calculated risk. That you know you know, because there's no such thing as a, a guarantee. But you can look at somebody and say, Hey man, he or she is yes likely or unlikely to carry this out. Mm-hmm. And not trying to be funny about P- Professor Keone, but if Professor Keone said, hey, I have I have a big order. No, I'm just saying. If, if okay. he said, I have a big order. How, how, how can you not be funny about Professor Keone? <laughs> <laughs> because, no, no, I'm just saying, you know, because we know him. But if he said, I, had a, I got a big order, I'm going to have 10,000 T-shirts. That that um, I'm gonna get twenty dollars for each of those T-shirts. That's two hundred thousand dollars. But I need three dollars a shirt, or thirty thousand dollars in order to get it done. So thirty thousand dollars gonna get me two hundred. I'm gonna give you a thirty thousand dollars back, and I'm gonna split the profit with you. Do you think I would give him the money? No. No. No, you know why? Because the tangibles aren't um, aren't present. The fact that's right. But does, if we called me and record. said, "Jay, Jay, I'm doing a moving company. I need I need ten thousand dollars, and I can get it back to you in two years, but or I can get it back to you in a year, but for the next two years." Um, I'm going to pay you the money back in six months or a year, but I'm also going to pay you $800 a month for the next two years. You think I'm going to give it to him? You said to you yeah, said said Reese, right? Yes. 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 You're giving because no, there's an immediate return. Yes. Not just that, not because of it, because it's you. Because right. I know you're going to do the work. Because you're already doing you the, do work. the work. So, right. A lot of it, it's not, it's not just getting people together 
that want to put money in. It's getting people together that want to put money in something that really are going to follow through. When I first did rumors, I had a guy, a friend of mine, who one of my best friends, fly guy, gave me $600 when I did rumors. I had no money. He gave me $600. And two days later, he said, man, I need that money back. And I gave it back to him. Rumors ended up selling three and a half million records. You know what he said? Man, I wish I had to kept that money there. Because now he live on Skid Row. I mean, literally, I just sent him money the other day. The point I'm making is we're not, you know, even when we take risk, we don't take it, you know, with, you know, hey, I'm going to put it out there and just let it be what it is. We, we're always second-guessing it. We, we want our money back. You know, you you worried about if it ain't. Hey, Reese, what's going on, man? Uh, a bad month this month. Uh, man, I hope you ain't, you ain't stealing my money from me. Now you start developing right. bad vibes with somebody. You know, you can, right. you kind of, you know, that, it's a lot to starting a business. It's a lot to be in a business. It's a lot to starting partnerships with people. That's a lot to invest in. There's only a handful of people that I would invest with because uh, not because I don't think that people aren't worthy of it. Everybody ain't ready for it. And, you know, and everybody thinks that starting a business, investing and all that stuff, that is a, you know, like it's just the land of milk and honey. You just make money all, man, so-and-so just made all this money. They don't, they didn't just make all that money. Did they start first? Reese didn't just his company didn't just take off. There was time when Reese was doing the work too because shit he had to do the work. There wasn't enough money to have somebody. Right. A business starts to build. <laughs> you you right you're right about that. <laughs> I'm laughing as you're talking about it. I'm remembering those that first year. And and truth be told, the first year of my business. Think about it. I left U-Haul at $51,000 my first year, the year after, with Keep It Moving. I only brought home 32000 So I lost money. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, you know, I, um, I, I, when I can find people that, that are investors or that want, that want to invest like that, when I can find those people, you know, I really, I protect them. I protect them. You know, if I do something like that, I'll do it, you know, um, and uh, um, and make sure that they're they going to get their money back. That's the least, that's, that's the least I can do. Right. Yeah, now do, for for this one thing that I got going in a minute, but do you guys think on the trust issue, do you think it would help if you were going to go into investment with somebody you didn't know that well, but there was a a, a top law firm in, in Sacramento that was handling all the details? Would that make you feel better? If there was a land deal or something like that, and you can go to the law firm, and the law firm said, well, this is, this is the deal, this is how you would get your money back, we're handling all the legal paperwork kind of thing. So do you think a trusted third party 
like a law firm or something like that in the middle would help people to trust each other or what help people to kind of invest, feel better about investing with other people because they trust the law firm. I don't know. Just thought. I think that people um, just have to be willing to take a risk. I, I, I don't know. If, I mean, it might make some people feel better, I'm sure, but. Yeah, you got to be, you know, unfortunately, that gambling is what it is, your your investment. If it fails, you've got to be willing to fail. And if to tell a personal oh, got- story, in, 20, in 2020, when the pandemic, remember I told you, 2019 is when I started my business. I only made $32,000 that year. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic happens in 2020. In February, they start lockdowns, and they say only essential workers. I was scared to death. I didn't think I was going to make my rent. I was scared to death. But for some odd reason in February, my phone was going off the hook. And Mary will tell you in the moving business, in the moving business, February, uh, I'm sorry, from October to March, it is slow. So you don't make a lot of money. But February, my phone went off the hook in Northern Virginia. I was going everywhere. I was literally, the phones never stopped. For the whole winter into spring, and then the summer, I blew up. I was going crazy. Um, I made six times what I ever made in the first year, and that's take home after everybody was paid. My boys made over thirty thousand dollars that year because of COVID. So, and again, mm-hmm. these guys are making fifteen dollars an hour the first year. So it was insane that they were making that kind of money. We were doing so well, but. Talk about being scared whether or not you're going to be able to pay the bills and whether or not it's going to be out of my ass with no other discernible income. To, to, to right. I hadn't even started on WTIC yet. So I was asked out. Yeah. And again, I, I had to sit there and literally that's the risk. So I believe in investing in general is you've got to walk into something going, I could lose my shirt on this, but that shouldn't deter you. If you believe in it, you got to put the effort in. hundred percent Reese. And that's where, that's where it falls apart. Effort. People, people want a lot, but they don't want to expend very much effort. Right. No, we, uh... we have, we've created mediocrity as an acceptable entity. You need to you need to talk about that on the show one day. I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably already have Jay, but on the show one day, yeah, I yeah. really need to delve into that because that's a big thing, man. That mediocrity, man, where they're kind of telling everybody that you know they don't have to put in the maximum effort for you know, and, and people just not having that. I, I don't know. It's it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Even here in Canada, man, it's just this mediocrity, man. It's it's a, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's just really amazing. And they almost promote it here, meaning everybody has to kind of be the same. You got to kind of fall in, you that's know, the to, in line. That's the socialism. Yeah. That's good. That's, yeah. Isn't a large part of that, Potter, if I, if I think about it, because I just had a big fight with um, 
Roseanne's stepdaughter, Lauren, um, because she quit school. She was going to an HBCU, and she quit school. And she, you know, I, I told you guys that when she went to Norfolk State, there was a shootout at a party that she was in. And yeah. she was so scared that she couldn't go back to school. She just decided not to go back. And she hasn't done anything since. And it's always been about her traumatized over the shooting and all this other stuff. And she said that she's trying to think on what she's going to do next. And she's been doing that for over a year now. And then finally I was fed up and I had this huge fight with her. And I screamed at her and I said, you're, the reason why you're sitting around thinking on what you can do is because you're afraid to do anything. Because you're just afraid to do anything and failing at it. You know, you're making up all the excuses in the world as to why you won't do anything. She says, I won't join the military because the military didn't do great things for my family. Well, I'm not going to go to this place because that might turn out to be all I keep hearing out of your mouth is fear. You're afraid. Your generation is afraid to do anything because everything you do, you have an excuse for it. It might fail. Guess what? That's a part of life. Falling down is a part of life. You got a whole generation of people who are afraid to fall down. Yeah, I would. I, I, <laughs> well, let me not. I, I, I agree with you, Reese. Um, I think just try to help her to do start doing something. Find out what she's interested in. Or, I mean, even yeah, just, just help her. Even if she starts yeah, out just, volunteering. Just getting back yeah, falling down. Falling down is scary, but guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember the first time I ever rode and I ever put on rollerblades. John, what's up, Al? Hold on one second, guys. Yeah, I I saw an interview recently. Somebody sent me. It was from a guy named, and I'm not familiar with him. I know he's a comedian. I I think my daughter is, but his name is Country Wayne. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Apparently, yeah, that's something. Of yeah. course, we know country women. Is he a dancer? So I know I I I've heard the name before. I just don't know his stuff. Like I've never seen his. I don't. But I don't know who country is. Country women is a comedian. Is a comedian who does skits. Who's made a name for himself. He was broke during the pandemic. Started doing these skits. Was started going viral. Started making a lot of money. And um, uh, only people who were hiding under a rock or who aren't hip would know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so it was just really inspirational to hear his story and how he figured it out, how he figured out everything. And he was just talking about, he fell in love with flipping, you know, cause he used to hustle in the street a little bit. He said, I wasn't really too into the lifestyle. He said, I was into flipping. I fell in love with flipping my money. And so when he got into this game, he talked about how he did it and how he just kept reinvesting his money and how he just kept pouring money into more and more skits. And he said over the pandemic, he made $20 million. He said he figured out AdSense. He figured out, you know, advertisements, monetizing your content. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like this dude, and just to listen, to hear him speak about it, um, it was kind of inspirational because he really figured it out. He was like, I figured it out. I figured out how they did it, and I used it to my advantage. And, you know, now he's making a lot of money. 
like a lot. And he talked about yes. people who are coming to him with deals. He said in Hollywood, they're coming to me with deals or movies, and he was just like, no. He said, no. He said, the numbers don't make sense. He was like, you want me to go and spend time to do that when I can spend time doing and make more money than you're offering me doing what I'm doing. So the money's got to be higher. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's really true. And it was a good – so his interview was on uh, Club Shay Shay. So oh. Shannon Sharp's um, YouTube, yeah, he just did it. It just dropped apparently recently. And, you know, he talks about it. And it, it's, it's a really good interview if you guys have a time. I mean, he does talk about all of his kids and that he has and all that. But he just has a unique perspective on all of this. And here's somebody who came from, you know, the country, a small town, and he was able to figure it out. Yeah. And now he's just, he's just rolling in money. He was like, I pay, he said, I pay. There's an employee of his, he said, I pay him $100,000 a month. He's the one that does a lot of my business. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's good money for I was like, wow. Man, this guy is making bank. I, so inspirational, though. So someone like Country Wayne might understand the discussion that um, is happening right now, the wheels that are turning um, here and right now. He he may be someone who would be um, interested in um, investing because he understands what that is because he's already, you know, living it or lived it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he said people, he, he, he went to people to invest. And they were like, well, we don't know if that's going to work. Even after he was making money, they tried to get people, a little bit of money, he was trying to get people to come in and invest. And they were like, no, nah, we really don't see it, you know. And they were talking about television. And he was like, television, all the eyes are on people's cell phones. He said, when you walk through the city, you don't see people looking at TV. You see people looking at their cell phones. He said, that's right. where the eyeballs are. He said, that's where all the money and the ad money is going to go to. He said, I guarantee you that's what's happening. Look around you, and people still didn't want to make a crude. Can I make a crude a crude uh, comparison? Yes, I always said this is a crude comparison. By the time of Jesus' death, only two hundred people believed in him. (laughs) So (laughs) I look at it in a sense of. You could probably reinvent the wheel, and everybody would still look at you like you got three heads. You know, it's only after effect. Remember what what Shaquille O'Neal said about Starbucks when it before it came out? He said when he first got, he was one of the first people who was called to invest in Starbucks, and Shaquille O'Neal said no because black people don't drink coffee. What's that? What's the most? What's like? What the hell? But it shows your naivete. He says, you know, look at how stupid he was at that time. He's like, you know, he just didn't know. And, you know, you're going to get a, a thousand no's before you get to that one yes. Mm-hmm. And Shaq is somebody who's done very well for himself. Very well for mm-hmm. himself. He's still, it's impressive what he's still doing with all the advertisers and, and all of that. Like, it's, it's impressive. Yes, Isn't it insane that in his rookie year in Orlando, in his rookie year in Orlando, he spent none of his Orlando Magic paycheck. He lived on his endorsements. Yeah, but there was a time before he had the endorsements, though. Reese, if you ever hear him talk, 
He oh, said, yeah. He I said have. He went in, when he said he went into Walmart and tried to help, well, he was trying to furnish his house, and he was going to these different stores. <laughs> and he right. said he had spent, what, like, an obscene amount of money in Walmart and other stores. $70,000. $70,000, right. and his credit card got declined. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he said, when he said the accountant called him in and told him that he he was, you know, he's like, if you keep doing this, you're going to be broke, or you're, you're, you're about broke yeah. now because you keep spending money. And then he had to kind of... <laughs> really? Grand I, 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 I really Walmart. love that story. Right. 70 grand in Walmart. Wow. I can't imagine, but I mean, he was buying, you know, pretty much everything he needed. <laughs> <laughs> he furnished his entire home at Walmart. But, but, I, but <laughs> just seeing Chuck in Walmart, you, the, the the furniture is so tiny. But you know, that was his, you know. Yeah, that was his he thing. Had but to do. you know what? Right. Kudos to him because he listened. He actually right. sat and listened when people were telling right. him stuff. Um, the funny part about not it is that I have a wife. I have a wife who won't even go into Walmart. She can't with Bless her heart. I, I, I know I don't really like going in there myself, but it, 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 <laughs> it, but my whole thing, my whole thing for the economics discussion was just to say before I get off. I just think when you go into Walmart, maybe there's a way. I d- I'm sorry. Um, I think when you walk in Walmart, you, you walk out with a disease. <laughs> Hold on. You think you get the cooties at Walmart? Give me, that, give that's me how two nasty, seconds. After that's how nasty it is. <laughs> Jay King says, it's, I just think you know that when you walk into Walmart, you come out with a disease. I <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's a, it's a very, very bad shopping experience to me. I don't even feel right going I, when I go in there, not to grab something, and I come out. I'm like, oh, that that just was not a. Especially now since everything is self checkout, just about. I'm like, I don't I don't want to, have to work to check myself out. <laughs> but I mean, self checkout is <laughs> coming everywhere though. You know. Right. Um. But, but yeah, that's crazy. I know. I saw. You know what? Hold on. Have you? If you, who who here drives a lot, like on the highways cross country? Because this is my third time. I'm not gonna lie. We drive. When we're on the highway, there's a place called Pilot. That's just like love on the side of the highway. They're all truck stops. They're truck Mm -hmm. stops. Yeah, Mm -hmm. gas station. They have self checkout at the gas station now. Well, I mean, this, yeah, is, this coming, is a part of the this is a part of the movement, right? So, right. I'm gonna answer that. Give me like, y'all keep talking about you minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do something. Okay. Yeah. So this is a part of the, you know, uh, I you you all put so much in my mind right now. There's something else I can say about self checkout, but. Um, I can't, you might want I can't to do some research. There, there are there are some stores that are giving up self checkout. Yes. Oh, oh. Yes. There, there's there's a couple that, of stores that are saying it doesn't work for them. Walmart. And their, and their I think Walmart is one of them. I, oh, I you know why Walmart giving it up? Hold on. Let 
something to me. Let me just give you a little insight. Let me, let me give you a little strong reason why. It's not because okay. it's not working. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not because it's not working. It's because of the theft. So look, so when every retail, so every retail, every retail has a um, has a theft number, right? Those numbers mm-hmm. are equated to think about all the stuff that's going to go between losses or whatever, whatever. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's included in that number, right? And mm-hmm. when inventory comes to the end, those numbers are, are projected. And when they become outrageous, the store has to find a way to, re- to deal with them. Now, when the store can't continue to deal with them, you can say you see growth. You got two reasons. You got two things you're going to do. You're either going to shut the store down or you're going to find a way to try to uh, combat it. Right. Now, this is the thing. And this is what me and Ali, I don't know, I remember, you remember this, Nisa? Me, me and Ali had a conversation when he was talking about um, the theft going on in stores. Mm-hmm. The reason why stores can't touch these people and they shouldn't touch them because the losses that have been involved in over the years, I mean, people over millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Now, people are stealing their stuff and they're getting sued millions of dollars and winning cases mm-hmm. because they outright shouldn't have touched them after they left the store. Now, right. um, Walmart has uh, been so significant, so significant that they uh, decided, no, you know what? We might just hire people and stand by the register again instead of keep going through the steps. Some stores have actually closed down because of uh, all the rioters right. running in there and taking what they want. Well, yeah. But that's the reason why they're, they're shifting back. It's not because so in, if your area, if you like, if you live in a nice, cozy area like Say with Mickey at what these uh, autonomous uh, vehicles. Oh, let me tell you why. Listen, listen. I'm not. I'm not knocking. What these autonomous okay. vehicles can roll around by themselves without being injured or somebody ripping them off. You have a chance of of staying um, self checkout. But if you don't, if you don't, and theft occur, and you live in a, a fucked up ass area, you you should guarantee that your registers will be populated. Because what happened is, is that they thought that the new generation was actually going to adapt to this, and they weren't going to have no problems because everybody's buying online. Because, you know, at one time, the standards was, uh, was Walmart. They said, yeah, look at Walmart. Walmart don't have anybody selling anything. They're still making profits. They have nobody selling anything. They've got people walking around, putting stuff on the shelves, putting uh, clothes up. They have nobody in electronics, but they're still making tons of dollars. Okay. Then you had Amazon come around who just put stuff on a website. And uh, not pretty much talking to anybody, just showing pictures. And you're buying products offline, not being able to touch it, and they're still making tri- hand over fist dollars. So they became the new, like that, but... the new instrument on how to hot that box. So they said, fuck that. They said, well, if all we have to do is just let somebody come to the restaurant and check out themselves, we're going we're gonna to believe these people are going to be able to do this. And uh, they were liars. After years and years of people being ripped off, and companies can't touch these people when they, even when they commit the theft, like they know they got it, they see them. They went out the out the store with the stuff in the buggy, hand over fist, tons and tons of it. Because they call, they say, do not get involved. They all you watch their money go by. Now managers and stuff are actually sitting back saying, "Damn, you think the company would do something about it?" They don't. But it's still happening, regardless of all the cash is happening. People still running out with that stuff, but that's the reason why you're seeing the cashiers come back in certain areas. They won't come back at all. Only those that are out of out of uh, how should I said ghetto, out of pocket. They got a bunch of ghetto shit with them. Yeah, they they out of pocket. They they handle this shit. 
Yeah, if they're not, not hammering your area, you won't get it. So, you Reece, know what? I don't, that, I, don't, I, don't, Reece, I don't think it's San Antonio. I don't think it's San Antonio. You off the chain like that. No, thanks for that, Charles, because I didn't that, – that's a very good point, and I, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize it was that, – yeah, that was a part of know. it. I don't think that's and our I, first thought, you know, but it is definitely a reality. It should have, I guess, been our first thought. It's a problem. That's, that's numbers have always been part of of uh, retail business, right? You always yeah. have – always a number given on how much – now, how they come with these numbers – I have no faintest idea, but that has always been a problem. And I was just having a conversation. It's crazy that you guys talk about this because I just had a conversation with this guy today, and he was saying, you know, uh, we were talking about one thing and let's another thing, and then he started talking about the cashiers coming back. I said, look, we all try to look at society in different ways and try to paint pictures. Things work best for the individual, and then it does not work out because of other individuals. I said, but this is the problem with the society today. And these kids that's coming up, they have no understanding on how they're charged for products and goods in the store. Now, we can talk about how much they pay somebody to pay, to uh, have something, but when something becomes so popular that people, are, they, can't adjust, they can't account for the numbers of stuff, companies see that stuff. So this store's report that it receives 100 of these within so many months, but they only sold 30. This, this store right here in this district sold X amount of dollars and didn't, didn't only sell 20 of them. They see those numbers, and those numbers are reflected from read from from district to region to the whole the whole company as a whole, and that's where the problem comes in at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now I have to be honest, now out here, uh, Elijah say it's folks that's in our age group running out the store, you know, with with um, um, meat and everything else, rice, noodles, <laughs> you know. Um, he said, you know, they, they haven't really seen, you know, anyone with, you know, the, the youngsters, like, you know, you know, of course 